one. Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm your host, Dustin Perry, and I am joined by James Key. Hello, James. Very tired, James. Hello. <laughs> James had a rough day. But also <laughs> joining us is Maddie Key. What's up? <laughs> Low key, what's up today? <laughs> I Maddie think we're did, all as far as I know, Maddie did not have a rough day, but uh no. James, you you are working really late today, apparently. But uh we don't have to talk about that. But I do want to talk about what your last week was though. My last week? Um Actually before you get to that, James. Okay. Before you get to your last week, I, I <laughs> wanna just uh shout out all the show information. I probably should have got to that originally off the top. So 43.6, follow us at 43.6 on social media. Of course, it's a sports podcast. Where we talk about a lot of different things. Some of those things today being Hockey Canada and their use of money. The Stanley Cup Finals is finally set, and we are going to crown a new Stanley Cup champion or maybe have the same one. We'll have to see how that goes. Uh, Sammy Blay, very interesting story there in his use of social media. Uh, the new golf league is called the Live Golf League or the LIV or whatever it is. Uh, Blue Jays win another series. We might actually talk about Blue Jays this week. I don't know if we talk about it, them being in the lineup every week and we never actually get to it, but we may actually do it this week. The World Cup potentially has a home in two Canadian cities. We'll discuss that a bit. And Jeffrey Nero Hardy. All that and a whole lot more. But first, James, your week. My week, um, man, I, I I feel like I did something, and now I can't even think about it. Um, dude, being a being a dad takes up most of your time, so but it's mostly centered around the oh that dude that's sports related. The doy, uh, my kid had. I was uh, gonna say <laughs> she had her first uh, soccer class slash game thing, um, for like little. It's called little kickers. Um, and it was a blast, man. It's really cool seeing your kid out there. You know, she was shy at first, but she got out there and she started doing all the activities and, and really enjoyed it. I got her a set of soccer cleats so she could feel all special and, and involved. Um, I think she was actually only one of two of the kids that had soccer cleats, though. So I might look like that overkill dad who's like got their kid all in like gear. Um, but yeah, she loved it. And she in their little scrimmage, she scored a goal. So that was a proud moment to watch her her score a goal and she was excited and then immediately after the next day she was all into um at my at my dad's house with my brother here and i she was all into like let's go out and play soccer which was really cool that she's now kind of invested in it so yeah that was that was kind of like the the high point of the week was was getting to do that it was a lot of fun some of those kids man like they're really attentive and they're like let's let's do the activities other kids are just wild like there's this one kid and he just didn't listen to shit. Like he was just off in his kid? own world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's just off in his own world. Didn't give a fuck what anyone said. Um, you know why though? He's Spanish. He already knows how to play soccer. He's probably like three years ahead of everyone. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is he's like, I'm too advanced for this. I'm just gonna fuck off over here. Um, yeah. but yeah, that was fun. That was my week. Maddie. Uh, kind of the same thing. I was at the soccer thing. Um, it was cool to like watch her get all excited and stuff like that. Low key though, she could dribble a ball, man. Like mm-hmm. I gotta give her that for a kid who's never played sports, never like kind of actively done anything outside of like throw a ball a couple times or like you know pretend to do shit. Like 
and I'm not like belittling. Just she's mostly into doing puzzles, reading books, painting, and Play-Doh and stuff like that. So like seeing her with a ball, she started running and dribbling. It was awesome. Although she likes to like overdramatize her dribbling, and it's hilarious. <laughs> she like wobbles around like she's falling. It's funny. But uh, outside of that, uh, what did I do last week? Same thing. I feel like like I did shit, but I didn't do shit. But I probably did do shit, and like I'm also trash. Because, okay, anybody who's been in, like, or who's married or in a relationship for a long period of time, you you start to learn to gel. Or, like, certain people take over certain aspects of, like, the shared experience of the relationship. So, like, I do all the cleaning because I'm a bit of a neat freak and, like, low-key probably a germaphobe in some way, shape, or form. But she's the planner. So, like me understanding and remembering shit that I have to do or that I have done doesn't exist anymore. Cause she just tells me where I have to go and where I have to be for everything. So I legitimately start forgetting what I've done. Um, so yeah, I mean, other than that, uh, I went to golf, you know, I went to the Laird golf town at Eglinton and Laird, man, that place is awesome. They have haven. like this. It, it they have like the studio shop there where it's like the full tuning of the clubs where they tune your clubs and you can test them out right there as they're tuning them. They have like the grip zone. I saw a fifteen hundred dollar golf bag that I almost bought. Um, I did try out the new Callaway Rogue driver, and I have to say, like I can drive a golf ball. If there's one thing I can do in golf, it's drive a golf ball. Um, and I tried the Stealth. Everyone's hyping up the new tailor-made stealth. And honestly, it felt really stiff. And I don't mean like the shaft was stiff because I use a stiff shaft driver. But I mean like, do you know that feeling where when you hit a ball and it just feels hard or rough and it just doesn't feel right? That's what the stealth felt like for me. And then when I hit the Callaway, the new Rogue ST, it just felt so squishy and soft coming off the club head of the ball. And I'm very tempted to buy it. I had that Wayne's World moment where it's like, it will be mine. It's like you had a Goldilocks moment where you're like, this one's too hot and this one's too cold. Well, because like when you think of drivers, you think TaylorMade. Like the, anybody uh, who doesn't is a liar. What's sure? the cost I difference guess. on the TaylorMade to the Callaway? So the TaylorMade runs roughly like eight ninety nine, sometimes seven ninety nine, depending where you go. Uh, the Callaway Rogue ST, depending on which tuning you get on it, so like um, there's like three different club heads you can get. Um, so if you go the mid range, it's like six ninety nine. So you're saving a couple hundred. The Callaway is six ninety nine and a few tanks of gas compared to the TaylorMade. That's Literally, the way I yeah. See it. It's like they're giving me gas to yeah. buy their club. Yeah. But yeah, That's, so that, yeah. that was my week. I have a set of golf clubs that I probably paid a couple hundred bucks for like 10 years ago. And that's the <laughs> golf clubs I've used my entire life. And I probably will never buy another set of golf clubs. You say that, but if you start golfing more, then and you're he's just not like, that bad. He's not a bad player. Like, <laughs> he's, he's not that bad. Like, no, he's not. For a guy that plays say. for, no, for a guy that plays once or twice a year, literally once not a that year. bad. Yeah. Okay, and it's with me. We all gotten out then. Well, because we play the the Barry rest the Barry. Well, I say Barry wrestling tournament. It's not a Barry wrestling tournament at all. It's just Barry. Sean just happens to be there. But yeah, that's a 
dude, like he's he made some clutch shots for us this year. Well, I guess it was last year. I don't know how you're going to do this year. But it was good. You set, you set me up for disaster now. I know, well, right? Leg, legit, we should we should do like actually, you know, it'd be a fun thing to do. I know you're I know exactly where you're going right now. Do an end of the, like the summer golf game, like a 9 or an 18 and record the whole thing as a like and then just edit it as a podcast or a clip cast. I wonder if someone's actually done that where they do an entire podcast of guys on a golf course just shooting the shit. I think Country Club adjacent, the uh them, they kind of do something similar, but they just film clips and throw them up to YouTube. There's no such thing as original ideas anymore. No. Yeah. Every idea no, has been not. thought of. <laughs> well, like, hey. that's the most obscure idea. <laughs> and yep, someone's done it. I'll I'll tag you in it because they do this thing called the back off challenge, which is hilarious. Oh no, I've seen the back off challenge oh, okay. on TikTok. It's hilarious. James so, yeah, kind of rolled his eyes when I said TikTok, but Oh no, 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 it's fine. Um I was actually wondering because like we talk about our we like did you you made it out to Barry Wrestling, I imagine. I was invited, but uh, you know, have have the kiddo, so how'd it go? Uh so I, I wanna put a pin in uh TikTok. And we need to talk about that off air, but we'll get to that in a second. Remind me to tell you about TikTok, and that's like a after oh. after after credits <laughs> conversation. Okay. Um, but yeah, Barry Wrestling, as you mentioned, was this past Saturday. I was there as the ring announcer. As the ring announcer, it's like a couple of days before the show. I messaged Sean, the promoter. I'm like, hey man, um, what am I doing? Because he had mentioned to me that uh, Jeff and Jim, who are normally their play by play and color guys, are unavailable like both unavailable so i was saying well whatever you need man like i can do color i can do play-by-play i can do ring announcing i can pop the popcorn like whatever you need man so yeah i was doing the ring announcing and hilariously enough sean gave me like the list of matches and he at some point changed the list of matches but (laughs) didn't bother to tell me or didn't bother to tell shelly who does the music or didn't bother to tell alan who's doing the lighting or didn't bother to tell commentary, so no one had any idea until Brad got in the ring and he looked at me, Brad being the referee, got in the ring. He's like, nope, nope, that's not the right match. That's not what's happening right now. <laughs> so were you like so, announcing the wrong match? Yeah, I, I definitely announced that the next evolving contest is like a number one contendership or whatever the fuck. And uh. Brad's like, nope, this match is not a number one contendership. This is uh, someone this is, this is someone's second match ever this is not <laughs> going to be a number one contendership match that's funny so, but the show know. i saw the so. i saw pictures sean's growing that crowd yeah you know i think he had budgeted for you know x amount of people and i think almost 50 percent more showed up fantastic so and he was he had also mentioned like before the show where he's like yeah you know it's june we don't really draw that well in june and um we didn't do as much of an advertising push as we normally would do on some of these shows, so we're not expecting a big crowd, and it definitely drew a lot more people, so it was nice. It was, it was loud in there. The matches were good. Uh, what I loved love about Barry is that it's not like a lot of these other independent promotions where they're like, let's do 15 matches, and let's do them all like 20 minutes, and every single one of them is going to have a bazillion false finishes and everyone's going to kick out of everything because it's wrestlemania and the show's going to go five hours with a 30 minute intermission like no this was this started at five o'clock intermission was at six show ended at 7 15 nice and tight 
yeah, I, I was home at ten. I was home at nine o'clock. <laughs> so for a Saturday night Dude. to be home at nine o'clock, the sun was still out. I, I took that as a big win. So I probably actually could have made it then. I probably could have gone and done some commentary, but maybe another time. Maybe I will show up in Barry Wrestling one day. Hey, man, there's plenty of wrestling shows for you to show up to. I'm good. a lot in my calendar coming up, but... <laughs> I'm good. Also, also in my calendar this weekend was uh, the Blue Jays and Detroit Tigers. Oh, I yeah. Went down, I went down to Detroit on Sunday to see the Blue Jays and the Tigers. And you came back alive, which yeah, is fantastic. I did. I did come back alive. I survived Detroit, Michigan, the Big D. Always good to survive the big D. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that big D will get you sometimes. Who doesn't love a good big D? But I got to say, your baseball passport thing is one of the coolest concepts in, like, as a, like a sports fandom thing to do. You know, like, I wish <clears throat> it'd be cool if, like, the NHL collectively had, like, and I know they did this through, um, like 7-Eleven back in the day with the coins and the players and shit like that. But it'd be cool if you could get like little mini coins and have like a booklet. So it's like every time you go to a rink, you spend like two bucks and or you could spend or whatever, get like a stamp and a coin for that arena, which would be kind of cool. They should have a program where you sign up and yeah, you get those. But at the end, like if you once you complete your passport, you should get like a special like sweater. Wow. Or, or like, and or a plaque and a frame that it can all go in and some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, that would be cool. That'd be really cool. So if you don't know what James and Maddie are talking about, I have this ballpark passport, which actually helped significantly getting over the border. Now I think wearing the Blue Jays jersey probably helped as well. You have your passport. He hands him the baseball passport. <laughs> he asked me about it. Like so I handed him my like shoot passport, and he's like, "What's that other thing you got there?" I'm like, oh, that's my. It clearly says passport on the thing, right? Like it, it's like right on the front of the. He thinks you're. Book. He thinks. He thinks you're Jason illegal. <laughs> thinks, like I have a Rolodex like, of different passports like, or something. This brown guy has two passports. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's that's what you need. It's a, it's a recipe for disaster. Like normally, me crossing the border, I am searched 100 percent of the time. Like, yeah. if Not the glove. If I ha- normally, when I go over the border, I will like stop just before we get there, get out of the driver's seat and sit in the passenger seat and have one of my white friends drive over. And then we don't get stopped. Like, even yes. though it's my car, like th- they're driving it. We're good. Sad I know we're laughing about this, but and we shouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, now, it's not like a perfect experiment because who knows? Maybe I would not have been searched yeah. on that particular day. It's just not right? worth the time. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just... It always seems to be that way. But I did drive over this time myself. So I was actually in the driver's seat. And when he looked at my passport and he, he pointed at the other one, like, what's that passport? I'm like, oh, this is my ballpark passport. And I showed him what was... And he, like, was very interested. Like, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> Without, like, being able to say that, because I don't think he can say that. But, like, he seemed very interested. I showed him my other stamps. And he's like, oh, okay. So what number <laughs> showed, is this? I showed him my stamp. <laughs> I showed him my stamp collection. <laughs> He was really interested no, in my stamp collection. It's it's true though. It does help because like I yeah. remember I was going to New York and like I'm lazy as fuck. I'll be the first to say this. 
And I'm kind of bougie when I travel. Like, I don't like staying at hostels. I don't like anything lower than like a four star hotel because I'm just like, for me, it's not even like a, it's not even like a, I want high class thing. It's like a cleanliness and safety thing for me. It's just, it's a weird thing. Motherfucker, you you slept next to a condom wrapper in Philadelphia. Yeah, I was like 15, 16. But like, this is like now that I have the funds to be able to do it. Wait, hold on. That was. <laughs> So we did a road trip to go to a concert and uh, in, when I was like, so the whole, this does require like five minutes to tell a story. So give me this five minutes. So I'm walking down the hallway in high school and I'm standing with my buddy, Brandon, uh, uh, another Brown guy, oddly enough. And this was like, honestly, like three, four years after nine 11. So we were just like, Oh, this is going to be fun. Oh. Anyway. So I'm standing in the hallway and we're just walking down the hall. My phone rings. And at this point, Jimmy's already gone from the high school, like a year removed. And I'm, you know, walking through and he's like, what are you doing right now? No high, no nothing. So disrespectful. But I was like, whatever. And he was just like, what are you doing right now? I was like, I'm just walking in the hall with Brandon. He's like, what are you doing? Like, like in three days. And I was like, I don't know. It's fucking weekend. He's like, all right, we're going to Philadelphia for a concert. Tell Brandon he's coming too. And I was like, all right. And the whole plan was we were going to sleep in the car in Philly of all places and when my dad found out he was like no he's like take my credit card you guys are staying at like this hotel in philly the problem was is like the first night we had to stay in king of prussia which is like a suburb outside of philly like an hour outside of philly and it was like obviously we were like well let's just stay at a cheap motel so it's like a motel six and we're like I was like, Brandon goes, you know, your dad paid for the really nice hotel. So you take the bed at the hotel. I'll take the bed here. And I was like, all right, cool. And then we just got a bunch of blankets, laid them out on the floor. And like, I put them on the floor. I set the pillow up and I put the, I'm getting all ready to lay down, put my head down, roll over. Fucking gold Trojan Magnum wrapper right next to my face. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, I'm not doing this. So I just slept in the bed with my buddy Brandon. I was like, fuck that, man. Although the floor would probably be the clean spot if you think about it. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, fuck that. Anyway. Yeah. Now, I wonder now, if sometimes like if you had a disgruntled hotel employee just to fuck with people that do stuff like that and like their last day or something. I wouldn't be surprised. They probably like, I don't know rub their ass on shit like their bare <laughs> ass on crap and whatever. Like some it, sort of dog. Yeah, <laughs> but like, I digress. So like, when traveling, back to your thing about like the your passport helped you get across the border. I was going to New York for, and I was flying to New York from Pearson, so it's like a forty-five minute flight. And I remember when I landed at uh, JFK, and the guy looks at me and he was like, "How long are you here for?" I was like, "Like three days." And he's like, "Why are you only coming for three days for pleasure?" And I'm because it, I put pleasure on the thing. I was like, "Buddy, I'm just here to." I'm just here to watch Rangers Leafs, man. And he's like, oh, hockey fan. I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, like Leafs or Rangers fan. And I was like, sorry, man, I'm a Leafs fan. And he's like, don't worry, I'm an Islanders guy. And then I was like, he stamped my thing. He's like, have fun, enjoy the game. And then that was it. Yeah, so it, always it helps to it have helps, like a reason. Right? Yeah. I mean, like yeah. I've gone over the border with concert tickets and that always like just having them like helps. Right. So, um, yeah. I mean, anything you can do, like, 
if you're like I, the worst thing you can do is be like i don't know why i'm here <laughs> like you I can't show up and be like what are you coming over the border for well, I, I don't know <laughs> like they're gonna I be hear, like Fuck I, hear, this I hear it's fire over here and gonna be explosive and it's just like ah uh, you're gonna get Nah. Especially with the new border rules or the uh, border patrol laws that just got instituted. Fuck that. Or lack thereof. Yeah. So. Fucking gonna have a dude show up in my house. Glad you're like, safe. Whoops. That's what it yeah. comes down to. Glad you're safe. Glad you made it. Glad the Jays won. Game you went to the game you won, right? Yeah, so I, I know everyone's joking like, oh, I'm glad you're alive. Like Detroit is fine in that like very small radius 1.5 like, kilometer radius it might be less than that like there's there's like a, a two or three block square in detroit that's very close to the tunnel that is comerica park ford field and then like literally just up the street is the new little caesars arena or whatever the hell they call it that area is really nice and there's all these parking garages around that are like secure and well lit and have security guards. And I feel like the city has done a lot to make that area of Detroit look good and look presentable and not make you feel like you're going to be murdered. Like now I don't know what it's like if you go down eight mile and, and I'm just saying eight mile because of the song and because of the movie. Yeah. Or but you lose yourself in the music in the moment. <laughs> you know, speaking of Eminem, there's a couple of Eminem references while I was in Detroit where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in Detroit. Like, we left the parking garage, we were walking towards the gate, and there was this girl in front of us wearing a Tigers jersey, and it was it was number eight, and like the name, like the letters were all like messed up, like the E's were backwards, and it said Mathers. I'm like, who the f like I've been watching baseball my entire life, like I have no clue. I'm like, oh. <laughs> It's Eminem. I and in that moment, you realized how old you were. <laughs> exactly. exactly. But it's not like Eminem is a topical rap artist today, right? Like, he, he would have came, like... Yeah. He's way more into production now. Yeah. There was, there was that, and then, like, know how when you leave a Blue Jays game and you're walking down Bremner, or even over the John Street Bridge, there's, like, that dude on the drums? Let's yeah. go, Blue Jays, that guy? Yeah, yeah. They had one in Detroit, too. But they were playing Eminem songs. I'm like, this is cool. <laughs> this is <laughs> the most Detroit cool. thing that could possibly happen right now. Exactly. Other than so, getting yeah, Detroit was a good time. Detroit was a good time. Try uh, <laughs> wasn't that bad. Three and a half hours. So, uh, and it, literally everywhere I went along the way, you ran into Blue Jays fans. Like I stopped at like a couple on routes on the way there, and like an on route on the way back. And when you walk into the on route, it's all Blue Jays fans. When like on the way home, you walk into the on route, and it's Sunday at like seven o'clock in the evening, you're thinking there's no way there's gonna be that many people here, and there's a line almost out the door to A and W, because Blue Jays fans. Funny story I would like to go actually. To Seattle for a Jays game one day. Funny story actually about Comerica Park. That's what it is, right? Um, yeah, Comerica Park. Yeah. I uh, I was watching a game. It was, I forget. It's early in the season. I was watching the Tigers and somebody else, and I looked behind the backstop, and I was like wait a second. I was like, I know that guy. And so I shoot this guy a text and it's my buddy, Corey Erdman, who uh, does uh, commentary for Showtime Boxing. I think it's Showtime, right? Um, and a uh, huge wrestling guy too. He used to come out to smash shows. And uh, he was, he's a huge Tigers fan. I didn't even know. I saw him on the backstop. I'm like, dude, you're on my TV. 
So it's not just Jays fans from Toronto that go down. Apparently, it's Tigers fans from Toronto that make the trek too. So shout out to my buddy Corey Erdman because, yeah, man, it was pretty funny watching him just on the backstop, just mowing on whatever he was eating, and I was like, "You're on my TV." That was pretty cool, but yeah, I did actually make it onto the broadcast as well, very oh. briefly. There, <laughs> but the uh, the Vladdy home run landed like feet from us. So, oh, uh, if you pause it at the perfect time, you can see my arm <laughs> reaching. I think I was like celebrating, like raising my arm oh. in the air. And you can't really see me ever in these situations because I'm like five foot five. So when I put my hand in the air, it's like that's the only point where you see like an adult hey, human. It's Dustin. <laughs> I know that arm. I anyway. know that brown arm. That's gotta be him. <laughs> right? You know what? I can really appreciate though you said five foot five. Most dudes would be like, I'm five six and a half. Yeah, they I'm can... like five I'm like five eight. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate your honesty in that situation. Uh, the whole, the height thing is pretty hilarious, actually. If you ever, I mean, Maddie, I know you're not. Um, I mean, at least I hope, unless you're Connor McDavid or something, you're not exactly on these dating apps. But uh, no, when you... <laughs> <laughs> we weren't going to talk about that. <laughs> uh, that was too easy. Um, <laughs> full disclosure: I don't give a shit what Connor McDavid does with his life. Yeah, but, um, that's his the, journey. Yeah, the the point I'm making is like. The height thing is a very touchy subject on these dating things. Like, oh yeah, I don't know if you've seen the TikToks where like girls will have like a tape measure at the top of their door. So when a guy walks in, they're like, "Was he lying or was he <laughs> like, is he telling the truth? Was he actually six foot two? So I, I will be of full disclosure, and like this is obviously, I know I've only seen you in person a couple times, Dustin. Like, and like it's been years ago since like when I went to shows and you were there, kind of thing, but. Jim can attest to this. I'm legitimately six one, and I remember when because like my wife and me back in the day, this is actually how we met was through like a dating app. So like she was skeptical because she was like the whole thing, right? And I was like, no, I'm I'm six one. She's like, no. She's like, okay. And she said the the saving grace was the fact that in every picture I had, I was like a little bit taller than everyone around me. And also, she was like, most guys will say six feet, right? Okay. Like, if they're like 5'10", 5'11", they'll say, I'm six feet. Oh, no, no absolutely. That is a thing. So she's because... like, the fact that you said six one, she's like, it made more sense. Right. And, and the reason for this, and there was a, these numbers came out. I don't remember who published the numbers, and I would love to, like, actually attribute where this came from. You were stats days. again. It was the Pornhub stats last week. It was like... <laughs> I got, all, I got all sorts of stats in this brain here, <laughs> but it was something along the lines of like, if you are under six feet, there's like 90% of female profiles will not see your, like 90% of women will not see your profile because really? you've been filtered, you've been filtered out. If you're like below 5'10", 99% will be Yeah, because they have out. preferences. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. Again, like, I mean... I don't know this because, like I said, I've never until, you know, that I had experienced the height thing, but I don't know. You guys are under six feet. You tell me. Oh, the, the numbers are accurate, we'll, we'll say. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, the side new, smile there. The new thing for, for dating thing, and I know we're, we're way off topic. We haven't even started yet. We haven't even gone the, to a topic yet. Yeah, we haven't right? got to one topic yet. The, the, the new thing that I felt like, because being like single dad now, 
is I ran into a profile. It's like, I'm not into dads or vaxxed men. And it's like, huh. Oh, oh man. Okay. So we were basically are, looking for is like my, a those are unhealthy my criminal. Huh? <laughs> those are my favorite. When it, it's like the most so ridiculous specific. thing. Like you might yeah, as well like, just create a character in Skyrim. And like that's who, like, that's what you want. You don't want a human. You just want to play with an RPG. Like that's just what you want. You just you want you want some sort of Skyrim. You want elf. It's like I don't I don't date anyone who's not an elf. It's like okay. Can you imagine though, like you like having that moment and putting that in and thinking like that's an attractive line to put in a profile. Oh, but then immediately you know who's pulling up in that driveway. They got a Ford F-350, two Canadian flags on the back, fuck Trudeau, and she's like, dreamboat. Oh, and a dirty, a dirty unkept beard that hasn't been waxed or trimmed right. properly. And she's like, just Dustin's like, got like a nicely trimmed, like very clean beard. I'm sure he's a beard oil guy. He looks like a beard oil guy as he shakes his head, but whatever. <laughs> I'm not, but I do blow dry my beard every day. There you oh, go, okay. see? But these guys are like the dirty fucks who wear the same fucking plaid shirt for five days. But yeah, guaranteed she's just like, dreamboat. I'm going to marry this man if he survives another round of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, sports. Let's and do yeah, the sports. It's like a, lot, a lot of these uh, dating apps, you can actually like pay for some of these... Uh, filters and like I think you get a couple for free, but you you can actually put money into it to put uh, dip more filters on. And uh, to me, it just seems like a, a strange use of your money. But uh, who am I, Hockey Canada? You know, like they're not exactly using their money all that wisely either. So who am I to complain? Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> so let's be careful here. <laughs> so the story that uh, is like breaking, breaking as we're talking. Yeah. So. Uh, by the time this airs tomorrow morning, maybe there's a bit more clarity on the situation. But, and uh, yeah, as Maddie was and was saying, and James is nervously laughing, like there is a bit of severity to this story. So it, we're going to try to be careful of how we word this thing and uh, give you the full scope of what's happening. So it was June of 2018, I believe. Yes. There was a lawsuit that was thrust upon Hockey Canada where the claimant suggested that they were sexually assaulted by eight CHL players. And this list of players, some of them were members of the 2017-2018 World Junior Championship team. This alleged incident happened in a hotel room in London after Hockey Canada Foundation events where the World Junior team was being honored in some way. Obviously, the woman does not want to be identified. None of the eight particular players have been identified either. Now, there was a settlement at some point. Now, it says on June 2nd, the, the Minister of Sports, uh, Pascal Saint-Ange, ordered a forensic audit for the, the funds. So at some point, there was a settlement between 2018, June 2018, and June 2022. That's where we are right now. There was a settlement reached in this lawsuit. Now, Hockey Canada is being called to testify next week. Kind of, and, and what they're kind of trying to do here is determine where this money came from. Because it... Mm, <laughs> how should I say this? Because uh, there is reason for them to call this audit 
and there's reason for them to be investigating this. So they are bringing in a number of people from Hockey Canada to try to get the story of where this cash came from. There is a belief, there is a belief that this could possibly be, potentially be, public funds. To pay for, to pay a settlement in a sexual assault lawsuit. The Federation is one of more than 50 national sport organizations that is partially funded with public money, the article says. So that is important to note that it's it so in the event they were to be found to be using you know public money it's worth noting that they receive public money regularly and as a regular course of business so and that's where things get muddy question, right say that again that's where things get muddy though right exactly and i think it's similar to our conversation we had last week with canada soccer where it's What's the accountability here when this money comes in? Is there a clear identification of where this money is then allocated and how this how these funds should be used? Is there a clear agreement of when this public money comes in, what are we using it for and what can we not use it for? Or is it just free game for the operation of Hockey Canada? But here here's the thing, right? Like when when they get money, I'm assuming that they're not strictly public funded. That would be impossible to survive. If the, if the government was the only income for Hockey Canada, they wouldn't survive, right? So who's to say what portion of what funds go to what? And by the way, I'm not saying this is right. I'm just saying this is very hard to, to probably discern because if, if Hockey Canada gives you 10 million and your expenses are 20, how do you know that their 10 million went to this payment and not something, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like the bills are marked, right? So th- this, it's, this is why to me, it sounds like it might be more than just public funds. Cause that would be almost impossible to figure out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I think it's hard to define when the money comes in and what specific money gets paid to something else. If you think about like, you get your check from your employer and your employer pays you X and then you go and pay your phone bill. How much of that employer money went to the phone bill or was it other money you already previously had, right? Yeah, like, or like no... somebody gave you money for something and then that's the money, yeah, right? Or like, how do we know it's not Esso's money from an Esso sponsorship, right? We don't know, right? They, they get, like, they obviously operate with more money than what the settlement was for, so... I don't know. The the more the the more that this didn't cuz like the NHL announced May 26 it was opening an investigation. When did the lawsuit when did the lawsuit was settled April 20th. So the NHL announced after they were opening an investigation and now the standing committee on Canadian heritage agreed that they were going to ask to testify about where these the testify will be June 20th. Uh, the these, NHL was the NHL announced May 26th was opening an investigation into the allegations and officially advised the NHL Players Association on June 3rd of its intentions. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't know the NHL was involved. I was reading yeah. this whole article against the NHL. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but that's the thing. Like, to me, that sounds like, I mean, that could be, and Maddie, jump in here if, if, if you think the same. Or jump in if you don't. I don't care. <laughs> um, 
only agree with me. <laughs> only if you agree with me, <laughs> jump in. Um, <laughs> it's, I feel like this is disingenuous a little bit by the NHL after what they've gone through. Like, now we're going to play hero, right? We're jumping, we're investigating because it's the right thing to do in situations like this after it's already been settled. Meanwhile, they had Kyle Beach's John Doe number two, the high school kid being like, help me NHL. And they were like, not our problem, but I digress. Um, so yeah, I think this is a little bit disingenuous on the NHL's part, like their portion, but man, something to me says there's something more here. Like I said, cause it's impossible, impossible to figure out where those funds came from. Yeah. I mean, like it's hard for a massive organization uh, like hockey Canada is. And I know it's one of those things where, for the people who may not be aware of hockey as thoroughly as, you know, Jim, Dustin, and myself are as an entity in this country, there's a lot of money that funnels into Hockey Canada. Like, and I don't just mean like a lot of private money. There's a lot of government money that goes into Hockey Canada, probably more so than any other kind of entity in this country, I would think. Um, they invest a shit ton into Hockey Canada. And if some of this... And, like, I mean, obviously, this is a very slippery slope you kind of get down. But if some of that money goes from the government to Hockey Canada to settling this, it's a bad look for the government. It's a bad look for Hockey Canada as an organization. And then, you know, I just... With everything that sports uh, has gone through, and now hockey a lot recently, this is not a good look. Yeah, I think that's the the headline here for Hockey Canada, where this looks really bad. And I mean, we'll see how it plays out. Can I? It's still odd. Like, well, like, sorry, sorry. Before Jimmy gets into this, because like, all I keep thinking in my head is. There's, and I fucking, I'm drawing a blank on his name, and this is terrible as someone who's talking on a podcast, but I think it's Mitchell Miller is his name. The kid who was racist, and he was just nominated as the U.S. National Development Team Player of the Year or some shit. And then you have the other kid from... Logan uh, Mayu? Logan, sorry, what's his name? Logan Mayu. Logan Mayu who pulled all that shit in Sweden and then um, gets drafted by Montreal after saying rightfully, he's like, don't draft me. I shouldn't be drafted. I don't deserve it, which to me is a big PR move. It was 100% a PR move. (laughs) Right, it was. But even still, the fact that Montreal's like, we're still going to do this. Like, there's all all this shit and then Kyle Beach and then the second high school student that came forward asking for help. Like all these stains on hockey in the past two years when it comes to sexual assault and racism. Um, and then this is just another notch on that belt. Dude, you know what? Like, you raise a good point in how grimy a lot of this is, like, and how, like, like, and how fucking, like, they, they can't see past their nose in some instances, and how, like, so, like, that night they can't that see Logan. Past their checkbook. The Log- that night Logan Mayu got drafted, Stan Bowman came up next to do the draft for Chicago, surrounded by women, and was doing like 
hey, look at how inclusive and strong and diverse we are. Right. Meanwhile, they're currently in the middle of a sexual assault cover-up investigation after the team before them drafted someone who was found guilty of sex crimes in Europe. Like, it's it was fucking gross. And then, so now he's drafted by the Canadians, and guess who the Canadians just hired as, like, the director of player development? Marie-Philippe Poulet. So now she's oh, yeah. going to have to develop Logan Mayu, who's convicted with sex crimes, on a woman. Like, how is she going to be? She's going to be, like, this fucking guy. Like, hopefully she's there to be, like, take this fucking guy and go. Because, like, it's just so fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, it's so weird. And that's why I don't trust any of this shit anymore. And, like, settlements? Settlements rub me the wrong way. I'm going to digress a little bit. It's just all professional hush money. And I hate, like, and I know, yeah. listen, if victims get it, and that's, like, if, that, if they're happy with it, like, it's their it's their win. And, like, who am I to say that that's not what, what they want or need to, to be able to put it to, to rest for that? And it'll never go to rest. But that's their victory, small victory in that moment. But like, so, like I, it's just so gross that in society you can just pay someone to shut up. And it's just like, yeah, they, there's no consequences what, other than them paying. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think what you mean is like the settlement. It's, it's fine for the, it's fine for the victim. Yeah. It's fine for the victim, but you shouldn't just get off Scott free. Like, it's a get out of jail free card for the other side, and that freaks me out sometimes. Well, man. it just—you know what it reminds me of. And this, I might be kind of nerding out and kind of stretching here, but it reminds me of the old like Catholic Church paying for indulgences and shit like that. How priests could do whatever they want, dude. And nothing's could do whatever changed. They want, nothing's changed in that just, regard. As long, as long as they paid for it and you know paid like a some money, they were absolved. And it's just like. Jesus, like you think like historically as we look on that and learn and being like that's terrible and it's like well yeah it is but people still fucking do that today you know and 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 i think listen again not to the victim who settled if that's what she wanted and that's her thing cool or if it or we don't also don't know who it is obviously and if her life position is she's down bad and there's some shit going I mean. on and this three like this whatever money anywhere from zero to 3.5 million legitimately changes her life and she sees that this doesn't just change my life but potential future children whatever more power to her because sometimes you need to make those decisions beyond yourself but i just think the fact that like you said that these dudes just get off well alleged yes, like there's no there's no consider- there's no investigation is what I'm saying. There's no due process, right? There's no, there's no true. And if the truth is that something did happen, then it's just, well, if something happens, $3.5 million like makes it disappear and then they can okay, just do it again. And they know if, if they get caught or there's a, you know, then 3.5 million will make everyone shut up. And again, I'm not saying they I, did or didn't. What I'm saying is <laughs> the concept that you could just pay to make it go away fucking freaks me out. Okay, yes, okay. I, I, yeah. I get what you're. I get what you're trying to say. Um, and from a perspective of justice, as you put it, it sucks. I agree. But also consider if this had gone to trial, this you get nothing. No, hold on. If this had gone to trial, the victim would likely have had to a go to court and b testify and identify b, and c named in all of this yeah and now their chance of being anonymous 
in this situation that yeah. sounds fucked up. Like we don't know what the scenario was, but it was eight hockey players who were accused of sexually assaulting a woman in a hotel room. In a hotel room, for, or, for, I mean, yeah. or in a hotel that they're being honored. In or in a hotel building, I don't know if it ha- whatever yeah. room it happened. Yeah. To, but the point Take, is, yeah. it was eight on, it was eight men and one woman, and we oh. don't know what the circumstances are. But I think we're all kind of thinking the same thing. And I don't know if that's exactly what happened or not. None of us know what happened, no. except the nine people that were involved in this. But I think that's part of it where this victim didn't want to be acknowledged publicly. And you know what? Yeah. Three and a half million dollars. Yeah, that's, and that's, I think and that's what we their, also have to consider. Yeah, and that's their that's what I mean. That's their journey. It just it, it freaks me out that I get and you know what? Like again, I guess it's not my story to tell and not my justice to uphold, but um yeah, it's 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 a little bit frustrating, I guess, but man like is ugh, you know like you said i, I, got, I, just, and think, and I just think this is more examples of how far sports and hockey specifically has to go yeah again it comes yeah. back to culture and it starts ground grassroots right ground level like minor league coaches like i like and, I, and again we're, we're these topics always end up growing as we talk about them but like they got to start like coaches like need to start taking some responsibility for for having a hand in in the morality development and uh, yeah and character of these kids like it, it can't just be about hockey it can't just be about baseball it can't just be about football it can't just be about basketball whatever there's got well, to be some level of look at it is that you're not developing athletes you're raising human beings yes you're developing a human and and you know, good humans and good athletes can coexist as one entity. You don't well, need before this. Before this, Dustin and me literally had before you came on, and we talked about Crosby. Like that dude's spotless. And I mean, he's super fucking private, so we don't we don't hundred percent know. know like that, the dude could but, have like a fucking dungeon in his. Oh, dude, he could be like, eyes wide shut, like, full, full on eyes wide shut. Yeah, you don't know. Or but, like uh, Fifty Shades of Gray, but he's like Fifty Shades of Yellow because he's a pen. Yeah, right? and, and it's just all hockey sticks. No, he's like, just all spanking. As as all consen- yeah, as long as it's all consensual. That's yeah, fine. he's just spanking but, her with hockey sticks and slapping pucks on her nipples. Like, that could be yeah. what he does. <laughs> he's like, put on the helmet. Put on the goalie. Yeah, they're, the pucks are frozen, like, before game, and he's like, just rubs, <laughs> rubs them on the nipple. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, but you know what I mean? Like, that's an example of someone who outwardly from everything that we know and can understand has been raised properly from yeah. family, coaches, everything like that. We know it can be done. And we know that as of right now, we can see that we're painting and it's easy to do this because it's one thing after another from, you know, sex crimes to racism to, you know, sexual assault and things like that. But um, and you know, when so much of that happens, it's easy to say it's the whole culture, but we also have to remember this isn't everybody in the culture. And I think that the people who are the good people in that culture, you know, whether it's coaches, players, trainers, um, you know, management and shit like that, I think as much as we can say that, yes, we grew up playing sports and we were involved in it. I think it's up to them to really do something. It's not yeah. up to the public now to start saying and crying angry and getting vitriolic. 
it's it literally has to come from the inside because if not it's never going to change because it'll just be every the excuse is always going to be like it is with every sport you're outside the bubble you don't understand and you know what it just goes it's further proof too you you reminded me something that all professional sports i mean in the name professional it's it's all a business and these kids even like their investments um and again they'll like like hockey canada will protect their investments you know because these players could play for the team down the road uh you know uh, montreal is going to draft a kid protect their investment by having them have a statement like that's that's the unfortunate thing i wish some things were bigger than business i wish some things were not about the investment but about the right thing but you know in pro sports a lot of times it's about the investment and it's it fucking sucks again allegedly <laughs> but it's all you know we've seen it happen too often about you know guys who shouldn't be getting second chances getting second chances because they're you know because they're just really fucking good at what they do um we also have to remember need, though but, that but if you kneel for an anthem you're fucking black you can't also be judge jury and executioner for this shit as well right like we're only very aware of all details that we've been presented but not yeah. which is probably only 10 percent. so like we also have to be cognizant of that as well um yeah. right because like as much as it says you know it can say eight players I mean, one or two of those guys could have just been in the room and just didn't hey. do anything, which is not excusing it. And don't get me wrong. They should have spoken up. They should have stopped it. They should have done something. But at the same time, it's... If I, anything I, I happened. I hate to say this. There's degrees. If anything happened. But also, there are some wins in this world because Roberto Asuna doesn't play in the MLB. So there are some wins. <laughs> uh, I mean, that- not because of lack of everyone giving him another chance, though. Yeah, he, was, like, was playing. he won a World Series. Yeah, he was yeah but nobody Houston signed him after. Years. Nobody signed him after. Aroldis Chapman still plays Major League Baseball. That's also true. Yeah, maybe there are no and wins. How, and how many skeletons are in the closet of every other like sport that we just don't know about? Like, how, how aware are we of hockey because it's Canada? Like, how do we not know that NFL has some serious skeletons? No, they do. The it's, the dude, it's every other, every other week in the NFL, somebody did something ridiculous the Ray, very Ray Rice was a person. I'm not the reason why I'm not in a keepers of uh, NFL fantasy league is because half the roster goes to jail in the offseason <laughs> and so you're like you can't you can't reasonably say oh I'm going to keep this guy for next year you don't know what they're going to do yeah. you don't know how many more massage parlors that Henry Deshaun Watson's going to allegedly go to how oh many Henry Ruggs 66 women how many Henry Jesus. Ruggs are out there yeah oh man it's like the what a story Henry Ruggs was. Right. Like, that Ruggs. guy. Ray Rice. Henry Ruggs was like, he threw like, his entire life away. Like, ran, he's going to be in jail for the rest of his life. Crashed into a girl, like, killed a girl and the dog, had a gun in the car. I mean, yeah. I mean, Deshaun Watson. Like, we haven't even touched on Deshaun Watson. I feel like that has to be a whole special episode. But, like, the, the Browns gave him guaranteed money. Honestly, I, that's gonna be that's gonna be an NFL preview episode because, like you, like you said, that's literally an entire episode. Because not only about Deshaun Watson, how essentially the Texans wanted nothing to do with him, and then into Baker. Now, Baker, like, what are they gonna do? Because not now, even that. Desha- like, yeah, sixty-six women, apparently. Yeah, sixty-six. Remember, that is Mario Lemieux. That is Mario. <laughs> that's a, that's Lemieux. Sixty-six level of women. <laughs> Dude, count to 66. The, like, even if five, like, even if 10, dude, 
not you can't jump i know again we're digressing but you can't jump in all in history in the history of sexual assault accusations i don't know like if there are five i don't know that 61 other women jumped on the bandwagon for for the lawsuit like it, it's egregious it's so egregious that it can't be false it, it, like or, or it's yeah like it's one of those things where it goes so far past fantasy Fucking that it becomes believable bill cosby didn't have 66 women <laughs> even harvey if, weinstein even if 90 percent of them were were false that's still half a dozen women that's what i'm saying like you know what i mean like that's half yeah. a dozen that were right that's crazy that's like the definition of where there's smoke there's fire oh boy there's a lot of smoke no that's that's where there's a fire there's a fucking village burning that's what that is but yeah no that's that's definitely one we dive into when like that's probably a special like like in mid-july like we talk about the The nfl calendar the sports season the nfl the the nfl preview show is half that and then half the nfl because like consider we're almost an hour into the show and we've talked about one story like sometimes the the dead of sports in the summer may not really be that dead as we may think true yeah i know because just because there isn't like the stanley cup playoffs going on we still have other things to talk about but the stanley cup playoffs are actually going on uh, right now actually uh the we have finally reached the pinnacle here we are at the stanley cup final we'll have the tampa bay lightning taking on the colorado avalanche now it also means that we can update our Ooh. little competition we had going on our playoff predictions we had, a playoff, we had a playoff prediction episode where we chose the winners of every round, round by round. So we've been doing it as we go. And a couple weeks ago, we had picked our winners for the conference finals. And for the Oilers and Avalanche, none of us picked the Avalanche in four. But both Maddie and James picked the Avalanche to win. And I honestly thought the Avalanche would win. Yeah, you said that. But I'm so far... But I'm so far behind in points that like I had to pick the Oilers. So I picked the Oilers in seven. I got no points for that. James said Avalanche in five. He got one point. Maddie said Avalanche in six. He got one point. Tampa and the Rangers, all of us had Tampa. Not one of us thought for a second that the Rangers were going to win this series. Although I said Tampa in five. James said Tampa in five. Maddie said Tampa in six, and which is absolutely correct. He got two oh. points for that. So Maddie's he currently wins. in the lead with 14 points. He cannot be defeated. He's the winner. Uh, it's James, hockey, bro. James has ten. I have nine. Oh, so, so battle for the second. Cup final does matter to us. We yeah. do. Do we double the points? One, a two for picking the winner, and four for getting the games. Ooh. You want to lay it on the line, eh, buddy? I mean, hey. that's up to you, Maddie. I've already declared you the winner, but if you want to, hey, I'll I'll put it out there. I'll give you guys an opportunity. Also, because I know I'm gonna get hammered in the baseball playoffs by you. So, like, I'm very aware that, you know, baseball playoffs, you're going to probably mop the floor with me, so. All right, well, call it now then, Maddie. Well, okay, so we'll sign, even if I get four points, I still wouldn't make it. So I would, it would so. But you can get six, well, get you can get zero. So anyway, okay, so, so okay, fine. We'll, we'll do two and four points. That's fine by me. Uh, but then I will need an answer from you, Maddie. Texas, or Texas. Texas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> This, this guy's Tampa supposed Bay to try and win. Ta- He's Tampa like, is Texas Bay. in oh there? Oh my god! I'm I'm half watching baseball as I'm doing this, so I got a whole bunch of like teams that are th- th- going into my head right now. The Tampa Bay Lightning or the New York Rangers? 
You mean Colorado Avalanche? You what? fucking guy! <laughs> <laughs> I do mean Avalanche. And know why I said Rangers? Because I wrote down Rangers for some unknown reason oh, on this sheet. I was re- reading off my sheet. I like how there's a lot. That's of why Texas, dude. <laughs> Texas, New York Rangers, Texas Rangers. That's what he's thinking. There you go. That's where, that's where the Rangers came from too. Like mm. I was looking at Rangers on my sheet. That's and then yeah. Anyways, Dick York, Dick Sergeant, Sergeant, Sergeant York. York. <laughs> um. Okay. We got we got there eventually. I, I I will preface this. I think it's un in today's era, it's undisputed. Tampa might be the best team of the past twenty five years, hands down. Whether they win or not, in the best twenty in the past twenty five years, Tampa is the best team to do what they've done in the cap era. Essentially, losing arguably their best line. Like, not just winning three cups, because the Pens won three cups and whatever, but to do it back-to-back and in a cup final again. And just ask Frank Saravalli. There's only four teams that have done this. <laughs> this fucking guy. Did you see that? I did. I saw you guys both dunking on him. But I, when I read it, I so what they're talking about is Frank Saravalli on uh, Twitter had said, like, four teams have been this dominant, and he listed, like, four teams. Have been to a championship when, three years in a row. To do a championship three Since years in a row. Since 83. I don't know. And I, I didn't like really read his tweet that carefully. Dude, but I, I wouldn't I have dunked on him. It. I wouldn't have dunked on him if he didn't end the tweet with, that's it. That's it. Like He's like, that's like, like it. The hard stamp. Like, I know. Like, I know. There's only been four teams. That's it. I'm like. This guy's okay. the head of the Professional Hockey Writers Association. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's the head of the PWHA. He didn't he even mention there, the he's heat. Literally, like, you know what he did? He just whipped his dick out and was like, "I'm gonna write this with my penis." Yeah, and realized it was small and shriveled, and he was wrong. But whatever. <laughs> I'm sure he's a nice guy, so, but he was wrong, and that's it. Yeah, like honestly, like people get <laughs> shit wrong, but when you do it to that degree, you deserve with, to get done. with that much arrogance. Nah. Yeah. Full on Vince yeah, Carter. It's it the over. Next day. Dunking, he deleted it. Good. Didn't address it. No, just, del- just deleted it. it didn't happen. <laughs> that's the, that's the biggest admission of guilt. We're yeah. like, I'm not going to defend myself anymore. Yeah. I'm just taking this tweet down. Take the ever like, see it ever again. Yeah, it's you just weird because a lot of it happened in recent memory, like the Heat, the Warriors. Like these are all teams. Yeah, this. Uh, yeah, it's not like it's anything that's not readily rememberable, like memorable. But yeah. he's he's a hockey guy, right? So sometimes when you're so engrossed in one particular sport, you forget that like, the Buffalo Bills existed. Yeah. No, but like this dude referenced other sports. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. anyway, I digress. I, 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 th- I think without saying, regardless if they win or lose, Tampa's the best team of the past 25 years, just yep. in hockey, just for what they've done. Um, losing the players that they've lost, um, their third line, that was arguably their best line throughout the playoffs because we all know in the NHL that it's not your stars that get you there. It's your energy and your grinders and the guys that can just maintain throughout the whole way. And that Goudreau, uh, Coleman, and I, uh, who was the third guy on that line that was gone? Oh, the guy who went to Seattle. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they carried a Yanni lot Gord. of that. Yanni Gord. They carried a lot of those series for Tampa. So regardless of them winning, I do want to preface that. As much as I said, it looks like Tampa's getting tired. It looks like they're just kicking it on gear now. 
Like, it looks like they're just finding their stride. And this pisses me off because it still looks like the Leafs were the hardest, you know, test they've faced so far. But in saying that, Braden Point is suspect. They say he's probably going to be playing game one on Wednesday. How healthy is he going to be? Who knows? Um, I'm pretty sure a couple other guys are playing a little hurt. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I think the sniff of being in this cup final, having a guy like Joe Sackick at the top, how good Kale McCarr has been. Kale McCarr might be the best defenseman in the league in his second full season. I think he already is. Yeah, The, the dude's 22. Yeah. And we all know baseball, it's catchers. In football, it's QBs. In hockey, it's defensemen. They all take longer to develop and reach their peak than any other position in their sport. I didn't know where you were going there for a second, but I agree now. Yeah. So the fact that he's already doing this now, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of hard to think of what he's going to do when he's 25, 26. Like that payday is going to be unreal. But in saying that, I'm going to say it's going to be Avalanche in seven. That's me hitting the backspace on my keyboard to delete Tampa. I thought for sure you're going to say Tampa there. No, I, I, I do like, I'm very torn on this. I'm like 5149 on the Avalanche for this. And I'll f- probably flip flop. For until that puck drops on Wednesday. I just think that Colorado style, their defense, top to bottom, very solid. I think that their forwards do play a high-energy game. And I also think that McKinnon just smelling this cup final, is it's going to be like a shark smelling blood in the water. Like, it's going to do something to him. He's going to go into, like, a berserker rage. And motherfucker wants it yes wolverine is that a wolverine reference no that was a berserker reference huss huss he's a no. wrestler i don't know if you even no. know what i'm talking about <laughs> no i thought you were talking about the anime for a second so, or the manga so no <laughs> um, but yeah i think i i think it's colorado with seven go ahead james you're next you can't who who is colorado and i want colorado to win but who, who is, is Colorado? <laughs> who are they going to start in net? Darcy Kemper's healthy, hasn't played in God knows how long. And you're going to trust Pavel Jacuzzi, J- J- Jacuzzi in net against... Rancuz? No, Joey Francoz. Francis. It's a very Francoz. fun name to say. It is. It's great. Francoz. You know, you're going to start... <laughs> check. You're going to start Pavel Francoz... In a Stanley Cup final against the world beater Andre Vasilevsky, John Wick. I'm, I'm sorry, yeah, that dude is the fucking John Wick of goaltenders. There is no, that's what the dudes on Overdrive call him. They call him John Wick because he's just an assassin out there. Oh, oh, okay. I did not know that, but they're right. He he's is the boogeyman. The like it's the dude. The fucking Steven Stamkos in Game Five was fighting Alexis Lafreniere at the end of the game that they won. There is no, there's this Tampa team. I was like, do they really want a third cup? I think when they were like, like at least they were like game, seven games. They're like, yeah, maybe this isn't the year. Maybe it's, I think once they beat Toronto, and I think once they beat Florida in four, they were like, we're going to fucking win another cup, aren't we? Well, their, their, their dicks got hard. Yeah, 100%. 
and like the fact that like dude your captain is fighting somebody and it's, and it's alexis lafreniere so or alexis lafreniere, yeah, it's like his third year like or second yeah. year like come so on. Yeah, you know he's not fighting fucking Stu grimson but or peter warrell <laughs> or anything rap, like that big rap right? i like it right but the dude is fighting and you won the game like that's there's i don't think there's any stopping this team and as much as you you were talking about the best teams in lot yes and do you know what has stayed consistent on this Tampa team, even though forwards have come and gone? Vasilevsky, Stamkos, Hedman. No, that massive fucking Stamkos defense. Hedman. Yeah. Dude, Hedman, Chernak, Sergeyev, they're, they're beasts. McDonough. McDonough, they're studs. Like, they're not, they're not going to fucking roll over and die for the avalanche. Fuck no. So, I Tampa in six. I will say this. Could you imagine, and this would honestly blow up the hockey world. It may not like matter to people outside who are casual fans who may be checking in on it, but like, this is the matchup I think outside of like Leafs avalanche. But like, I think this is the matchup the NHL wanted marketing wise. Like you have like the back to back champions coming in against arguably the best team all season. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But could you imagine we get like another, Again, the Le Cavalier moment with McKinnon and Stamkos fighting in a Stanley Oof. Cup final. Oh, did anybody else get chills? I got chills. Like that. That's that's like that's peak. Okay, I'm so like excited for that E60 Avalanche Red Wings stock. That is going to be unreal. But one of my favorite. Stanley Cup memories is the Le Cavalier and again La fight in that Calgary Tampa series because that was peak Stanley Cup playoffs. That's what it took to win. And oh, if we get that with McKinnon and Stamkos, that would be amazing. All right. So I have a couple thoughts about this. First of all, a lot. I'd say most of me wants Tampa to win because that makes me feel better about the Maple Leafs. He's that guy. Every step of the way, I've asked you guys when the Leafs lost in seven, like, does that make you feel better that the Leafs lost to the defending cup champions in seven games and almost beat them and they're leading at the end of game six and they had them on the ropes? And then when they swept Florida, I'm like, does that make you feel better that the team that the Leafs lost to just murdered the number one team in the Eastern Conference. And then when they beat the Rangers, like, does that make you feel better that the Tampa Bay Lightning just went all the way to the cup final? And now, if they end up winning the Stanley Cup, like, does that make you feel better, Leafs fans? That the team that was right there, like, the Leafs were right there to beat the Lightning in game six at the end of that game. They lost by, what, one goal in game seven. Like, they were right there. And the refs. The refs are, I mean, they're shitty the, throughout the entire Stanley Cup playoffs. So that's is what it is. Yeah, ask the Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, at the same time, I also kind of want to see Tampa win. Like, based on that viral video last week where that uh, Lightning fan got sucker punched by a Rangers fan. That was so fucking stupid. I don't know if you guys saw, like, the follow-up to that, but, like, the owner of the Tampa Bay Lightning reached out to the victim. And it was like, yo, like, sorry what happened. Uh, is there anything we can do for you or whatever? 
And the guy responded, like, he, he had a long response, like, I think one of his family members is a season ticket holder or whatever. But he's like, honestly, I don't want anything. Just go beat the Rangers tonight. <laughs> and sure enough, the, that's a fan. The, that's that's a fan. Yeah, the Lightning went out and won Game Six and off to another Stanley Cup final, and well on their way to another Stanley Cup. So, for all those reasons, I would like to see Tampa win. However, <laughs> I knew there was the long, like the dramatic delay. However, however, there's a part of me that really wants to see a brown guy hold the Stanley Cup. So. And Naz, of course, being a former Maple Leaf, I think that'd be really cool. And Dude, everyone, also, from, everyone from that Leafs era is going to win a cup, not on Toronto. Luke Shen's won Bozy. cups. Bozy's won a cup. Kadri could win it. Like, they were just all going to go leave and win cups. Phil Kessel won a cup. I was going to say, Phil Kessel, the won cheeseburger-eating monster. Yeah, he won two cups. cups. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Brian Burke wasn't totally off base but that's another conversation for another day so with all that being said and most importantly now this is the most important part of this whole scenario alex is that james pick is james pick tampa and the only way for me to win is for me to beat james so i'm going with the avalanche (laughs) in no but then you'll tie with matt even if you so if he gets the the games wrong and you get then you'll tie with him it doesn't matter because even if i I even if i got four points I know what you're saying. 13. I'm saying the best thing you can do is to tie Matt. Second. No, the best he can do is 13, and I'm at oh. 14. Oh, okay. Correct. So the so best you can do is just not be last. <laughs> no, the best you can do is 15. If you get the team right in the games right. The way I can do that is by picking the opposite team. No, you have nine points. You can get six points if you get the game, and so that's no. 15. No, that's, that's not how this works. No, because it's one point for picking the correct winner, and then you get an extra point. For picking the correct amount oh, of games. Oh, I thought it was two and one. Total. I'm wrong. No. So instead of one and two, it's now two and four. So I thought it was if four you were and two. to get the winner right, but not the games right, you get two points. Okay, I did my get... math wrong. Okay. In any event, I am picking the Avalanche in six, just so I have a chance in hell of coming out with a victory. Well, that'd be, <laughs> not really a victory. That'd coming be hell. Out with second place. Hell of, a, hell of a thing if the Avs come out in six. That'd be like... Again, if they they start Frank Franchukuzi, um, like oof, that's that's a lot you, to ask for a guy who's a backup all year. I'm not gonna lie, you mispronouncing his name just makes me think of Rookie of the Year. Rosenbaga, <laughs> Garden Hoser, Garden Hoser. Know what other name uh, we have mispronounced badly like all day is uh, Sammy Blay. <laughs> and I even this looked it up short. on Hockey References. And I think it's Blay. I thought it was Blaze. Uh, Sammy, Sammy's last name is spelled B-L-A-I-S. I believe. Yeah, B-L-A-I-S. Yep. Okay, guys. This is a... <laughs> this will be <laughs> short and sweet. Uh, uh, yeah, this one will be short, but it's a bit of a chuckle fuck here. <laughs> <laughs> chuckle fuck. So, I mean, okay. I don't work this. I can <laughs> see him thinking. <laughs> So Sammy Blay plays for the New York Rangers. And uh, this came out on a number of places this week. Uh, I'm looking at HabsFanatics.com, but it was also on Golf Digest for some reason. <laughs> but basically, there is a picture of a woman and on Instagram. And there was a comment under 
the picture as you know you would see normally on Instagram, and uh, Sammy Blay left a comment saying uh, "pommel sexy," and then someone like translated that to "sexy babe" or something like that. And okay, first of all, I don't even know what language this is because I looked that up on Google. And it couldn't figure out what language I was talking about. So I don't know what the hell this even means. But the word sexy was in there. So I think that's what a lot of people are hanging on to. So first of all, when Maddie told me this story, I was like, okay, I know it's kind of weird. Probably not something I would do. Like, you sound like a real simp if you're, like, message, like leaving those kind of comments under girls' pictures. Like, I, I dare you. Go on to, like, TikTok or go on to Instagram, like, your Discover feed and find, like, one of those pictures of a very attractive girl because i'm sure all of us get that like the way the algorithm works and knows you're a young man like gives you those different profiles click on one of those and look at the comments it is all like dudes in their car with sunglasses like old guys who are bald and like in their mid 50s who probably are old enough to be their dad leaving a comment that says like oh sexy and whatever like, like just saying like the weirdest shit like a little too familiar type shit and then it turns out the girl that he was commenting on was his sister. And now that added another wrinkle to this whole scenario. Uh, now, to be fair to Sammy Blay, other commenters have said, like, this term, pomal sexy, or whatever the fuck this means, P-O-M-A-L, apparently in, like, Quebec French, is it's not meant to be, like, sexualized in any way like it's kind of a normal term of endearment you would say to a friend or a relative or whatever so i'm not necessarily dunking on sammy at all because i don't even know what language this is apparently it's quebec french fine i think the funnier thing here is what is the appropriate way to respond to so let's say not even his sister let's say this was a attractive woman that he saw on instagram what's the appropriate response do you like the picture do you like and comment? And if you comment, what do you say? Okay, first of all, I don't care what pommel means. And I, I, there, I will tell you, I just there, hear is, there is one less than one and one more than negative one amount of players in the NHL that are from Quebec that don't speak English. And if you do math right, that is zero. That man knows what the it's word sexy means. way to get to zero. Not gonna that lie. man knows what the word sexy means in any language. Like, you okay, know. Okay, also, hold on, hold on, hold on. I also would like to point out, because I didn't frame this originally, this comment that he left, like, this is dug up for a while ago. This is, like, from five years ago. So the guy would have been, like, 19 years old or something. Yeah. So I don't know if that changes anything, but for full disclosure, that's this is from a long time ago. My thing is, first of all, if you're the type of person who goes into old shit and like digs stuff up like that and then shares it, you're, you're a fucking loser. Like, find better things to do. Read a book. 100%. Touch grass. But on the flip touch side, sex, sexy is sexy no matter what language you're in. I, I firmly believe that there's no alternative definition for sexy in another language. It has the word sex in it. It's just derived from sex by adding the suffix of a Y on it. So... I see French people saying sexy is not creepy for us. No, it, it doesn't matter whether it's not creepy for you. You speak English. You know that it's creepy everywhere else. You know, so maybe don't be like, ooh, pomal meaning very or like really apparently. Um, it's It says really kind of sexy. So like, 
again, I don't know if it's, it could be a term of endearment in Quebec, but guess what? It's not everywhere else. So like, it's one of those things like maybe just be aware of like, if you don't, if you, but if you don't care, like if you don't care and you just want to be like, it's my language, bro, then sure, go for it. But just know that a bunch of people are going to think that you're really into your sister. <laughs> like that's. I mean, like we did say, what was like, wasn't like in the top 10 of the stats last week from the hub, like something like stepsister. Um, I don't remember where it was in the in. The but it ranking, was up there. I would imagine it's top five, but it's definitely top ten. Yeah. So, like, I mean, we don't know. Maybe it's a stepsister, and this is like a weird <laughs> thing. I don't no, know. They... Maybe that's. You know, uh, I I don't I don't condone or justify uh, that. Um, I should I also mean... point out that she tags her her high school. <laughs> in the oh photo. god, this is just getting worse. So she okay. was. She it was definitely when she because was in again. High for context, this was a while ago. It's about five years ago, so they would have been teenagers at the time. I, I wonder yeah. what, she, what she looks like now. <laughs> this, this guy. Yeah, do some research. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's And I guess, like I said, is Dustin and me were talking a little bit before we got on here, before, while we were just kind of waiting for Jim. And um, in, in, in my mind, is it's the same thing, like you said. Is like As much as you can say... Oh, well, for us, it's this, or for us, it's that. Motherfucker, you haven't lived in Quebec since you were, like, 16 years old, right? Like, if you played junior, you were probably you could have been on the East Coast playing for the Mooseheads. Maybe you got traded to an OHL team, or maybe you went to an OHL team. You played in St. Louis. You played in the Rangers. Don't fucking tell me that you're not aware of how that looks. I will, uh, I will caveat, just in the research portion of things. Sheer rocket. Um, no, they both uh, put their accounts to private, and her bio is just the middle finger. So, Uh-oh. wow, that's pretty funny. That's a that's a good way to do it. But yeah, I mean, so that like okay, that's a little bit then of a like booked cotton 4K. You know, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think so. I think this is more of her. Like, first of all, for her, his sister, like she didn't ask for any of this shit. No, she's no. probably like you fucking asshole. <laughs> Right, you know, but I'm. This is so awkward. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's we're very aware. This is like lines you don't cross. I mean, this is like Trump level shit when he talks about his daughter. Yeah, you know, like it's, it, I, I can speak a little French, and you can say "very beautiful" by saying "très jolie," which means "very beautiful." Say that, or "la like, belle," la, or or yeah, right. This is like I think it trans. I think uh, uh, Instagram translated the English. Oh no, there's another one where he put "sexy Uh-oh. babe," or is that no, the I translation? Think that was the translation of the Palmel one. No, it's not. Like, They're oh, different. Was, there's two different pictures two? On, on Twitter. There's no way it was two different scenarios. Yes, it is. Go look on Twitter. Oh God. yeah, I, I know. What, I know what you're talking about. Like, there's the one. Two, one she says one Brad, says, and he says sexy babe. Yes, in I know. I saw that one, but I was under the assumption that was like the translation of the other one. No, they're different. Cause look at the comments. Okay. Well, regardless. I get the <laughs> so he yeah, commented okay, twice. Just, he just wanted to make sure she up. knew. 
<laughs> okay, so regardless, like supposedly it means something else in Quebec. Sexy babe right? doesn't mean anything else. In, in Quebecois, no. <laughs> I don't know. It can only they, mean they, one they, thing. They, they talk a different French out there. That's all I'm saying. It's true, but no, that's I, English. Yeah, like I, can, I, I, this is just. This is sexy not, babe is not Francais. This is not a good look. Like this is again for hockey culture, not a good look. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's one of those things you just don't, you know better. And it's not necessarily knowing better. It's just, it's just not right. <laughs> Even after you type it, you have to look at it. <laughs> okay, so you that brings to... me to my original question, though. Let's say you're scrolling through your Instagram. I'm going to open Instagram right now. Okay. Okay. Uh, the first picture I see, it's, okay, this is a story from Annie Agar, who's actually awesome. She's hilarious. I don't know if you guys follow her, but she does, like, she dunks on NFL teams. Like, okay. She's hilarious. Um, she must be pretty okay. tall. Res- wrestling, wrestling. Okay, so there's a picture of Liv Morgan. Okay. Who is a wrestler. Um, I am not going to hit like on this, because I feel like I would look like a weirdo. One of the I would not comment. I would not comment on this because then I would look like a weirdo. Yes. I think what I think what a lot of guys don't understand is you're allowed to be a lurker. Like oh, you can just lurk. you can just keep scrolling, just move on with your life. No, nah, like, the best is the best have to lurk lurk away. No, the best is when you start liking things from eight years ago to see if you'll catch their attention. That's oh, the man. best. You hear I've those seen, stories? Yeah, I've seen so. I mean, this doesn't happen to us. These are like this is what girls have to deal with. But like, yeah, we, we hear these stories. Someone, I didn't do this. <laughs> I hope you didn't do this. But no. Yeah, they'll have someone like follow them and then like go to every single one of their pictures and hit like. Yeah. If you, I don't know about you guys. I have how many posts do I have on Instagram. I don't. It's not loading for whatever reason. I have a, almost two hundred posts on Instagram. Sammy, you imagine getting Instagram two hundred notifications from just some weirdo. Like if but, you did one on like say if you get the follow notification and you get the one like of the most recent picture because I know when you follow someone new for the first time they're like top more two most recent posts show up I get it so like that's cool but no like the rule is like I have a personal rule unless I personally know the person I do not like pictures What's the statute Instagram. What's the statute of limitations for statute going back Statute that's st- statute <laughs> To go back and like someone's photo, it's like, like said, how, it's, how if, many if years? Know, how many if, years if you're only before them, it's no, creepy? No, even if you're no. following them, there's a cre- there's got there's a limit where it's creepy. Because no, that means then you had to click their profile. You're scrolling yes. through their picture history. Yes, no, what's, you don't do it. What's, it's, it's, what's okay. that's, a no, that's a no guy. Is so it there, a first there page? Is a, there is a caveat though. So if they're not very active on Instagram. And then again, like Maddie's saying, like when you first follow them, like their last posts would be like right in your feed. So you may be liking. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you have to make the effort to scroll. How far before you say this is creepy territory? You have to give context because you're not just scrolling. You're clicking the profile. You're selecting like the image feeds. Yeah. So no, but what I'm saying is, is just the fact that you could even go two weeks like I think anything that's outside of Instagram's algorithm of uh, what could show up in your feed, it's too long. Even yeah, if their first post, even if their first post, if it's today in 2022, even if the the first post you see because it's their last one is 2017, I don't care if it's their first post. That's still creepy. 
No, because you don't necessarily you're not looking at the picture then looking at the date. If it's the fir- if it shows up top of your feed because you just followed someone, you're gonna like it and then you may see it. I'm okay, saying we should check dates. I'm saying we should check dates before <laughs> it's like milk in the fridge. You should check the dates before you hit like. I think we already know the title of this podcast. Check the date. <laughs> yes, but- check the date. You should do your research. Use it <laughs> You're like, do your research. Yes. We no, should check the date. That's different. That's Instagram algorithm doing the research for you, saying this is their most recent post. I understand. Of time. No, you but can so still what check I'm the saying date. is, is if if it's outside of Instagram's algorithm, you don't like it. Yes, I, I 100% agree. Like if it's within the algorithm, I think you're okay. Because even if it right, because it's, it's not going to serve you. It's not going to serve you a five year old post. It would it would serve you the their most recent post. So if their most recent post was five years ago, then possibly. And then I've followed, it, I've followed no, no, people no, new and no, it doesn't. No, no. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this right now. Here's for all you single dudes out there. I'm going to give you some advice. Okay. Listen good. Get a pen and paper. Write this down. If the situation arises where you meet somebody or it's like someone you've kind of known and more of acquaintance you didn't really follow on Instagram. I'm a late follower. Like I will have to talk to someone for like three months before I like follow them on Instagram, even if they're just friends. Like that's the thing. But if it's some, you know, female or male that you're just kind of acquainting with and you're like, hey, what's your handle? What's the IG? Hit me with it. And then you get it and you follow them. In their most recent post, you like, and then you realize it's 2017 or 2018. The unlike is worse because then it sh- the notification shows, and then they may see it, but then all of a sudden they go back and it looks like like. So what you do is is you message them or you wait for them to message you. Be like, holy shit, this was 2018. What like? What are you doing? Do you not like? You start like joking around with being like, yo, you got to step up your Instagram game. And you start or, making jokes about it to lighten the mood. Or just look at the date. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Just look at the date. If it's look, it looks old, this is probably creepy. Also, if they're going to give you the Instagram, chances are they post regularly. Otherwise, like you're just like, I don't, I don't fucking post. I'm never on there. And you're like, why am I fucking following this person? But if they, if they give it to you and they post regularly, Lurkers, rule of thumb, just, just wait for the next post. No, because I also know people, like, my last post, I think, was, like, in the actual feed. Let's look at mine. I'm going to look. So, my last post was March 17th, 2021. In the actual thing. But I post stories all the time. There's people I mean, that I don't. It. I don't think you get served people with really old shit. I've followed people that haven't posted anything in a while. I don't no, get served you do. next. It, you're, they're, they're, like, last post pops up. I haven't seen it yet. Age. I haven't seen it, so maybe I'm just special. Maybe my account's protected from being a creep bastard, but it's, yeah. No, definitely not. Yeah, because it's not there. But yeah, I, I just think, I just think, there's people who use it just for the story. That's kind of like their running vlog of life, which is fine. They may do a post every now and then. I mean, my next post may be like, hey, it's not as small as I originally thought. And that'll be my post. Take from that what you will. But what I'm saying is is the rule is outside the algorithm, you don't like. That's like I've, stories. When it comes to Instagram stories, again, don't 
The date's no, right on there. I know that you're not missing the point. This guy's treating it like it's the first 48 on A and E. I'm just saying, even if it's the first, <laughs> even if it's the first fucking thing you served up, they're gonna be like, "What the fuck is this dude liking a fucking post from 2016?" Or what if no? Because now, by your logic, then you just don't like anybody's posts. If it's from fucking a decade ago, yes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You can like the new ones. But if okay, it's from 10 years okay. ago. So even if it is a new one, okay, let's say it's a new post and it is in your feed. There's also situations where you're not even hit like on it. Yeah. Are we in agreement to that? Yes, all the time. If you don't like it. Well, no. <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is like, and I'm trying to find an example on my feed right now, but I can't find one. But basically it's like, you scroll in and like this particular person is showing like one of their side projects that they're working on. Cool. I'll hit like on that. But yeah. if that same person posts a picture of themselves in their bathing suit and they're like, you know, I mean, more power to them. Like they're confident in their body. They're great for you. I will not hit like on that one because no, then I, I look like a creep. Yes. Right. Especially. Yeah. No, you don't like that. I, I, well, I mean, you could, cause like if it's a good thing, then you kind of peaking interest, whatever. No, I won't. Again, rule. If I don't know the person personally, I don't like their post. No, I'm saying someone you know personally. Yeah. No, then if it's if it's a pick like that, no, I will not. I will not like it. Regardless, it could be like my best female friend, where it doesn't really matter into any way, shape, or form. I still won't. I'm dude. I'm the same way. The sneak. It's it's just the. It's just sneaky and not good. I don't like it. Not just, just not just that. It's just like it. The the look like I don't know man it's it's a bad look this is like I mean I feel like that could be the title of this Instagram is not a good look this time this Instagram? Instagram this this podcast episode fuck you guys man you guys got my brand all scrambled I hate you like, can we talk about sports and like big guys like wigging their dicks out or some shit I don't know well I'll I'll tell you what is not a good look and it's the PGA tour and how they're handling the uh, LIV golf thing. I don't, like, is it L-I-V or is it live or is it's it... It's Roman numerals. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, is so it? it's... I didn't know uh, that. What is that, 50 and then that's a 4? Is it 54 golf? That was it, that's what it means? I think so. Um, my okay, Roman I mean, numerals is rough. I mean, I think L is 50. It's 54. Uh, yeah, 54. Oh, so yeah. It's, it's 54 it, golf. That's what it's called. Yeah. Yep. The, score, the score of every hole on a par 72 course was birdied. Oh, I, I was reading about that where there's this exceptionally large prize if you score like a certain, like if you score 54, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that makes sense now. So I don't know if it was their first tournament that they played this weekend. Yep. Or it was one of the first ones that got a lot of popularity, first got one. a lot of publicity. First one. It was the first one. Inaugural. Okay. Because I, I hadn't, like, obviously we have talked about this golf league for a number of weeks now, but I hadn't seen anything of it until this weekend. And man, that video they put out, it looked like a fucking rock concert. Like it was Stan's a, people. It was it was warp tour. You know, like you're out in the field and there's all these activation booths and there's people like blowing bubbles and shit. It's like it's it's fucking Coachella. Like this was dope. Like I have never seen golf like this. This is what they were afraid of when Happy Gilmore entered the Pro Tour. <laughs> He's doing the There was doing the, the guys with the helmets and the beer going into the mouth and 
Shooter McGavin was all pissed off and telling people to go back to their shanties. This is exactly the product of Happy Gilmore. Yeah. I'm all for it, guys. I don't know about you. It's cool. Like, the concept is cool, and the way they execute is cool. Like, obviously, like, there's a lot of layers. Like, so, the, I mean, they could have used more people in the videos, but I get it. They wanted to show the concept. Like, there wasn't a ton of people in the videos, but um, the, it's, it's cool. So, it's 12 teams of four players, and each team has, like, a logo and a team name. So, there's, like, the Iron Heads or whatever, right? And it's basically, like, F1. So, you have... <clears throat> a team championship, which is the lowest combined score among your teammates, gets the team title and the individual for the lowest score. Um, and they do cool things like they have a running... So everyone plays shotgun, so everyone's playing at the same time because they all start on a different hole. So the round ends at the exact same time. So you're not wait, you're not watching all the, waiting for somebody to tee off because everyone's playing. Uh, they do three rounds instead of four. And they have a thing on the side showing how everyone's moving because everything's happening at the same time. So the action is always happening as you're watching, right? Because there's always going to be movement as guys birdie and bogey, whatever. So it's kind of like F1 in that way, which I think is where they took some of the inspiration from. And then at every hole, they have big, bold letters, which hole it is, how many yards and what's par, so that you're, you can educate yourself without having to fucking, oh, they're on this hole, whatever. I think all of that's really cool. I think the the scary thing is when you put the two side by side in, in if, if if it survives five ten years and you have young golfers they're going to be like like this looks intriguing and engaging and fun and you know rock star-esque like you said and then the pga is over here being like we have meadows Old white man yeah we have meadows and uh, the thing i don't like is that Live is sponsored by some pretty questionable funds in the public investment fund uh, from Saudi Arabia. So, you know, um, there's a lot of questionable sources as to as to that money. Um, you know, it's got Greg Norman as his CEO, who had it out for the PGA since the 80s because he thought the PGA had a monopoly on golf and the players and, and didn't allow them to reach their true financial and marketing potential. What I don't agree with the PGA kind of freaking out the way they are, but what I would like them to do in response, and I think my, my brothers and I's discussion about this kind of casually, I want them to find ways to get creative to combat this. I want them to look at it and say, okay, maybe some of this stuff does work. Maybe we do have to have less events and change it up a bit instead of having the same fucking Michelob Ultra, ultra whatever every fucking Sunday. Do you know what I mean? And then we're, we're just waiting for the Ryder Cup because that's somewhat different, you know? Like, listen, the, pre, the FedEx Cup, nobody gives a shit about the FedEx Cup. They don't. Like, the, point, the points are convoluted. Nobody gives a fuck. No, zero people give a fuck about the FedEx Cup. They give a fuck about the majors. The only person who gives a fu- fuck about the FedEx Cup is the dude who wins it because he gets a fat check. That's the only person who actually gives a shit about FedEx points and the FedEx Cup. But they, they need to do more to get creative because what's going to happen is as generations filter through the sport, the younger generation is going to have no emotional or... Um, what sort of sentimental ties to anything the PGA presents and, and suddenly the choice becomes even it's like wrestling right now, right? The younger generation comes through. They don't have any ties to WrestleMania like WrestleMania. The young bucks said it, right? WrestleMania is not the end all be all anymore. 
there's options, right? Yeah, so, another great example is probably 10 years ago or so. The WWE for so long was recruiting out of college, like college wrestlers and college football players. And they still do that now to an extent. But when the UFC took off and just became like the rocket buster that it was, all these collegiate athletes started training mixed martial arts. Like there's an entire because group the, of generations the purses of were bigger. people that the purses were bigger. They were treated like professional athletes. They were treated work like... Less. <laughs> yeah, they were less. work less. Like it, it made so much sense for a lot of these guys. And that was it. Like, like you're saying, but the way this golf is being presented, like a, a, a brand new generation of people are going to grow up watching a completely different brand of golf with a lot more money. And you're playing a lot less. Like this sounds very familiar. If it survives, situation. if it survives. And the thing the UFC did though, is what I'm asking the PGA to do. The UFC at one point realized we have to adopt with the times to make the product more intriguing. So you had more promos, entrance music, all that kind of stuff. There was, they built stories around fights and stuff like that, which, you know, and that's, that's all I'm not, again, I want the PGA to succeed. I love PGA. I just think Scheffler cutting a promo. No, I don't. I don't want the. Well, I mean, Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau kind of did, and it was the most no. interesting thing in golf for six to seven months. But one hundred percent. But what I think they need to do is find some of these things that make it look more youthful. They had updated gra- Like it's going to sound stupid. They had updated fonts. The presentation, the palette was was very engaging for a younger eye, and I, I think it's colorful is a good way to put it. It's the same fucking half opaque leaderboard that shows before every commercial with the and it's this every week it's the same shit and i get it there's the, a place the for that transition music too is like this classical yeah yo, yo, hold on yo, yo, shut, hold on yo yo don't 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 fuck with the masters man. Like, <laughs> but that's what i'm saying the ma- dude that's what i'm saying you're no, right i know no i'm no i'm 100 percent with you I think the biggest limiter with anything in life is fear of innovation, of thinking that the way you're doing it is the only yes. way and the best way. Because yes. the only way to get better with anything is to seek not just outside sources, but to be self-aware enough to understand your limitations. Yes. PGA is not understanding their limitations. Their limitations right now is their lack of belief in innovation. Now, I will say... The master, they're, the majors you don't touch. You keep them what they are. You keep them as their crown jewel, as the level of reverence they deserve, especially the masters, because like the masters is something special. There's a magic to it. There's the course is just pristine. There's no, there's all that shit. And same to me, the Open Championship. You know, going back to the roots of golf in Scotland and Ireland, and you know, out there, those I think you remain the same. I think what they need to do is, like you said, eliminate some of those bullshit tournaments that no one cares about. Like the ones where you might, like the the highest ranked guy is like 13th or 14th there. So at that tournament, he's ranked one, but world ranking, he's like 17th. They need to get rid of that shit. And what they need to do is do like an all-stars invitational where it's like the prize pool is like, four million dollars or five million dollars for the winner like just the winner where you know guys go in and they can earn a fat purse or what they do is is maybe not be so rigid outside of the masters on dress codes and things like that like like guys have some personality outside of being like oh ricky fowler wears all orange 
one fucking cares. Orange is an ugly ass color, you know. So I just think <clears throat> they. You need tell to, that to you tell that to Taz and see what happens to you. I will tell that to Taz. The dude can barely walk. So <laughs> I just think the. I think they have to get out of their own way. Do I think live long term is a threat? No. Do I think short term? Yes. Do I think there will be people in place to go to, I think it was his name, Jay Monahan or whatever, who's the uh, commissioner of the PGA to say, we could learn a lot from this. We'd be stupid not to, you know, then I think there's people around him that'll be smart enough to do that. I also think one thing really standing in the way right now is you have Tiger Woods sitting there who was offered $1 billion to go play in the Saudi league. Here's the thing. Outside of DJ where people are like, oh, well, DJ got $125 million and you know, Bryson got this and you know, Mickelson got this. The problem you have with those guys, those guys will play. Bryson's won one major. DJ's won two, I think. Tiger doesn't give a shit about any other tournament but majors. If it turns out that Augusta, the Open, the USGA, and the fourth is the PGA, so they can control that. But the other three, if they say, we're not going to exclude these guys, you have a big problem. Because then Tiger's like, I only care about the majors. I'm going to take my fat fucking paycheck of $1 billion. It's one thing to turn down $100 million. Try turn down a billion dollars and still being told you can break and play less for a guy who's already picking and choosing his tournaments. And he only has to show up to majors, which is the only thing he gives a shit about right now and his own invitational. And that's the thing he could finish uh, dead. He could finish dead last. And he elevates that, that entire thing to legitimacy over legitimacy overnight. And, and the the thing that you're saying, like those other majors, like you think they're well. The U.S. Open said they're already going to let people come. The the uh, British Open or just the Open um, is also another open tournament, which means there really shouldn't be restrictions. So but to no, be a they're, true, no, they're not. But you got to remember, it's not saying restrictions, but they can say we've had a 150 year relationship with the PGA, so we'll work with you and say if you're gone, you're not. We're not inviting you to these tournaments right so that can happen will it who knows i think the one that may say that is augusta but again augusta because augusta doesn't give a shit about money they don't give a shit about that they augusta is all about tradition and sanctity of the game so there might be the only one holding it up but like you said it I, i like honestly i doubt it i don't see what's in it for them like what's in it? What's in it for Augusta to side with the PGA? The PGA needs Augusta more than the Augusta needs the PGA. No, like, motherfucker, they just they they've had their first female member ever like three four years ago. Yeah, no, I, I understand. Sh- yeah, so that's what I'm saying is is it's as much as you can say like the PGA needs Augusta more than Augusta needs the PGA. At the same time, they're more worried about image and their level of prestige and things like that and if to if if someone or two people or whoever makes the decisions for augusta has the idea that this potentially tarnishes golf and it not being what golf should be those guys aren't going they're not being invited 
Tiger Woods fucking gangbanged and jerk off while a bunch of people fucked around with other people, and he still played. I don't know about the allegedly. Idea. Allegedly. allegedly. I don't know about the idea. Uh, John Daly hacks darts because you're taking, you're taking, you're yeah, but you're okay. It's different when you do personal trifles like that. This is different when you're taking money from, like you said, very highly questionable human rights issued. Like, people. I agree. I just don't. I just I don't see Augusta being like nah. Like I just don't. Like I again, it does. It does very little. Like I don't think it changes their prestige. But like as much as much as you say that the PGA needs Augusta more than Augusta needs the PGA, I agree. Those players, legacy wise, need Augusta more than Augusta needs them to play. Right, and that's what I'm saying. So like, if the PGA and somehow Augusta's like nah, like I don't know. I I just I, I have a funny feeling it's not gonna. I just, I, like I, I, said, I just don't I, see I the majors. USGA, USGA and the Open, sure. If they let guys go, I fully get it because, like I said, the Open is a lot of European players anyway. You know, if you look at the history of the Open, I think it's like sixty-five percent is European winners. Um, but outside of all that, because we could go back and forth, and I think we would forever about why Augusta these won't, will, or won't deny these guys. You can't say you're not excited to see the reception of some of these guys at the USGA. Uh, yeah, I'm interested. I do. Yeah, 100. I'm interested you to know, see. You know, 100. They're going to get booed. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's new territory. I'm more interested to see what the feedback is from them to other golfers who might be on the fence about trying. If they come back and they go, I had a really good fucking time and I was well taken care of and everything was great. But we also have to think of like we see the number 125 million for DJ, 100 million for Bryce. I know they can't pay. They can't pay everybody 125 million. Exactly. Well, no, they can. That's the problem. <laughs> I guess they can. Yeah, it. that's true. Right, but it's that's not my thing. My thing is okay. These guys sign on. How is it being paid? Right? Is it being paid up front? Is it one? Here's your. Here's a bag of cash. You know. Here's rubies and emeralds and sapphires and a bag of gold. That is worth this it's not much. Not Aladdin. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like, there's yeah. questions of how this money is going to get paid. Is this money being held in escrow so that they have to play an X amount of tournaments before they get, say, 25%? Then they have to play more to get another 25%. So, what I'm saying is, is there's so many questions to the long sustainability of live because of how this money is coming in that that is what's going to be the biggest threat to its longevity. It's going to be similar to the KHL. And how many guys did we hear about not getting paid? Even though these guys have shit tons of money, players not getting paid, the conditions were shit, they were treated like shit. You know, it's all well and good now. The honeymoon phase is currently on for these players and for Liv. But there's a reason why Greg Norman is not respected. There's a reason why Greg Norman is nowhere to be touched. Sure, he can have his problems with the PGA. Plenty of guys have spoken out against the PGA before, but none of them are as ostracized as Greg Norman is. And there's another reason. As much as we want to say, well, he's a PGA guy, so of course he's going to say that. It's pretty funny that when they ask Rory how it felt to win, and his first comment is, well, it's one more than somebody else, because he's now one win, one tour win ahead of Greg Norman in the all-time standings. Yeah. Right. So 
that's there's there's so much in terms of fundamental and foundational structure to this that is very fickle at the moment because of all the auxiliary shit that the the window dressing and the lipstick on it can look great right now but that doesn't sustain it as a foundation yeah yet but right and it's it's also it's way too early to tell they i would say their first event for all intents and purposes sounded like it was a success in terms of what people saw i mean the field wasn't the greatest but the golf wasn't to, no i didn't hear anybody complaining about the golf um i didn't read anyone complaining about the golf um you know will it last i do have an idea for them if they want to be successful you know what they do they create mm. their own version of the majors yeah maybe like, they, i mean maybe not they like will. a masters like maybe they, they, will. they create like yeah they could but what i say is they create something like you know um the open is the open and it's played in like england ireland scotland it's played on that whole uh western europe area right so what they could do though is say hey let's create you know the london championship same course every year london championship Let's create then a like a North American championship where it could be played in Canada, US, whatever, and it's their major. Then they can, if they really wanted to be fucking smart, they go over to Asia and they say, yeah. let's create the Asian championship. And it's yeah. another major and you go over there and that's a third major. And you create your majors like that and look to expand not just within the already existing Europe and North America where golf's huge. Yep. Golf in Asia is probably the biggest untapped market that it currently exists. Yeah. Like, and then especially you, you, in Korea. They have something to call their own, right? And that's that's the thing. Like a lot of the majors are confined to the US, it becomes an inherently US thing. If exactly. They, so if you create a Asian majors, like if you have a major championship in Korea. Yeah. You're introducing, not not introducing, that's a terrible term, but what you're doing is you're investing in their fandom that they've yep. never had. Yeah. And I mean, that's the, that's the benefit of, of, of having this new opportunity and kind of a blank slate is that they can, they can do with whatever they want. They aren't hampered by history or tradition or whatever. Um, and as, as young golfer, again, the, the real test will be five years from now if they survive five years to see what it looks like. Yeah. Um, if they maintain the innovation, if, you know, if, if people start latching on and they want to buy jerseys or kits of their favorite teams, if that catches on, right? Like head covers. Fuck yeah. It. Right. We don't, we don't know what that's going to look like, but th to say that the potential isn't there, I think would be facetious, but would well, be ignorant. Yeah. Right. It, it's just a matter of whether it catches on and, and whether, you know, if people hold the, the money thing to a, to a hotter flame. And, and, you know, so we'll see though. Um, EJ needs to take my idea and instead of take it for live and go to Asia and create an Asian championship. The thing is though, is like, it'd be hard for the PGA to like lift some of the innovation now. Cause now they've been talking shit and it's like, we're going to have teams. And it's like, you just stole that idea. So like, you know, they have to be, I think in a weird way, they got to be careful of, of, but I do think you were right. Like they have to un be unafraid of of flipping the script a bit and coming up with new ways um because you don't because 
the youth golfer will be your next generation of golfers and you can't lose that because if you like dustin said if if the youth golfer attaches themselves to videos like that and the presentation and the money and whatever like that's that's the dangerous spot it's not today it's if they survive five to ten years from now and they're appealing to the next generation then they become a legitimate choice and now first it starts splitting the talent pool and then eventually it becomes a heavier talent pool and that's what the PGA has to be concerned with. Well, something that has a great talent pool right now is the Toronto Blue Jays. And <laughs> Sounds like golf. Very quick transition. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know how much time we want to spend on this. I, just because we listed every week in our rundown, and we always end up skipping the we Blue should. Jays because there really isn't them. a huge story right now. We're just kind of in the middle of the season of the Blue Jays, and it's a long season. I, I think. It's a long season, and I think what is interesting, looking at it now in June, they are the number one wildcard team right now. Like, I don't know Actually, if enough people are giving the Blue Jays credit of where they are in the standings. Now, if the Yankees weren't just on a ridiculous tear at one point, the Blue Jays would be right on the doorstep of the number one team in the American League East. All right, Chase, what's up? So you mentioned two things. One... So they, they flashed the stat on the television, and it's only been two or three weeks, but in their last 15 games, they are first in every single offensive stat in the MLB. Yep. Which and is... For a, a while, I was concerned looking at the Blue Jays because their run differential was bad. Like, they yeah. were a minus run differential team, and now all of a sudden, they're like a plus 34 or something. Like, actually, <laughs> counting today, they're like a plus 45 now. Right? So... They're first in every category. Here's in that. Here's the other thing. Who have the Jays played in the last two, three series? Who are they playing today? Well, it, now it's the Orioles. Who they played before? That, it was Detroit. And who they play before? Angels. Uh, right. The the winless in fifteen or whatever Angels. So they're getting the Yankee treatment of running the table right now against real shitty teams that the Yankees ran into at the top of the season. So, it was actually Kansas City was a series before that, and then the Twins, but the Angels were in there at some point as well. Yeah, yeah. the Angels. That, I just remember that because that's that series is what got was Joe yes, fired. They were beating up the American League Central for a while, and now they get the bottom of the barrel for the American League. Yeah. East. it's the it's the Jays' turn now to to run the table on some pretty shitty teams, and this is where the Jays can. And it, again, sure, are we running up wins on shitty teams? Yes. But That's you what you're wanna, supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, do you want do you want to be in the second wild card or do you want to be first in the division? Right? What it's really going to come down to is was what the Jays, you know, if they can keep their foot on the gas on these weak teams, and then we'll see because they've only played that they only played oh. the one series against the Yankees, right, or two. Sorry, sorry, as you say, this literally popped up on the screen. MLB ranking since 2018 for the Orioles win percentage last, ERA last, losses most. Right. So, how many times they played the Yankees? Once, twice? No, they the Jays have played the Yankees like six times, seven times already. No, I mean, how many series? Oh, I think they played three. I I would have to look it up. I don't remember. So they they still have a ton to go. They the they will have plenty of games to play the Yankees. In fact, they're actually coming up this weekend. So, um, they have a four game set with the Orioles, thank Christ. So I know, I, you would a, you would hope that's four wins. Right? Even if it's oh. not, you would hope worst case scenario is three. Three wins. and one. Yeah. No, uh, if if they don't get anything more if they don't th- anything more than three 
or uh, less than three wins. Sorry, I can't think straight. Anything less than three wins is a failure in this series, in my eyes, for a team like the Jays. And yeah. as you said off the top of like, oh, Jays aren't getting enough credit. I think they're not getting credit because where they should be. Right? Yeah, I, I think, think some of the slow start, like, got people back on their heels because there was the whole, like, we talked about it, the whole World marketing Series campaign. <laughs> the whole marketing campaign of, um, that was the trailer, this is the movie, again. That wasn't they, a marketing campaign. That was Vladdy that was a, saying it in interview. They said it, but then they ran with it. And I would the have whole, ran with it too. I would have done. Whole, oh man, what I would have done shirts? with that on opening opening night, I would have had a red carpet. I would have done a whole movie theme for the player introduction. It would have been great. Oh yeah, but every vignette for Sportsnet was movie theme. Like it was all they did that. Um, and I think people kind of like they bought into the hype that they created themselves. And I think they bit off a little more than they could chew in the beginning of the season in terms of creating the hype. Like you know, over. Uh, under promise over deliver right and i feel like they over promise and like kind of delivered and people were like eh. but so, that's not all on them too that's a lot of like pundits and prognosticators who projected this team to be that so i don't think that is necessarily the team per se they did what they're supposed to and market yeah. the team right and so I, mean, I think we hopped on the bandwagon very easily for that and that's not to say that they're not going to be that like that that jays aren't no. going to be that team Maybe it's just taking them a slow start, um, you know, shit like that. But I, some, I do think that the, the slow start really hampered the view of this team. And there's some guys who had to find pace, right? Like Barrios had to find his oh. his pace. Yeah, Teo was hurt. Guriel is still kind of searching for... Yeah, um, you know, Chapman's new to the team, so there's probably a little bit of gel and groove. It shortened, you know... Um, Spring. Tra- spring training so there's a lot of as a short and spring training on a young team probably is, is not always conducive to getting off to a hot start right the Yankees have a number of veterans on that team that can help lead them through the uh, through the waters a bit the Jays don't don't have that veteran presence on the team as much anymore, since they got rid of Grichuk right like who's the vet Chapman, Chapman. <laughs> which who's new to the team Right, but he's he's not even that old. No, no. but he's been in the league for a number of years. Yeah, gold but, lover. He's. But I'm not. Ta- I'm talking is, like he's not he a stand for average or, either. You know, he's not. Um, stand or what's his name? Well, like, yeah, he's not what uh, Marcus Semyon was last year. Right, you know, and he's not what uh, Brett Gardner and I fucking hate Brett Gardner, I but he's not hate what. Brett he's not. He's not what Brett Gardner is to the. You know what I mean? So like. They don't. They don't have that. That general, um, you know, they might have yeah, had. In no, years. you should. You should argue that's George Springer. Yeah, you know, true. So, I just don't see him as that kind of guy. Um, I think they've had guys like that in the past. I can't Russell think of Martin. them. All. Yes, that's a good example. Yes. So, I mean, that team is full of bets, but. But. You also have to give these guys because, like, I think the word around the team is as much as like Vladdy is the face. I think people are very aware this is Bo's team. Like, if you look at the captain of the Jays, I I do think Bo would be the name. To be honest, 
That's an interesting question of who like is the captain of that team. I don't know if it's Bo. I, I mean, it could be. I, I've never looked at it like that. Um, it's, it'd be interesting. I think it would have to be. I think it's not necessarily Vladdy, but I think it's one of those Hispanic players. Like, there's always that divide sometimes. Whereas, like the English speaking guys and the yeah. Spanish speaking guys, you know. And when the Spanish speaking guys outweigh or outnumber, I should say, the English speaking guys, I think sometimes it ends up being one of them. So I think it might be Springer. Interestingly enough, I just think like with the word around the team and everything you hear is when they talk about and you just hear the level of work ethic that Bo has, you know, there were there are stories that at spring training, Chapman thought he got to the Dunedin and the training facility early at like 630, right. 7 in the morning. Bo was there a quarter after five yeah, and already working. And they're saying that's not just a spring training thing, like game days. He's there. He's the first guy there. And he's a, so I think that is, he's setting a standard. And I think when it comes to leaders, guys who set the standard of work is who your leaders are. And that's why I think as much as, yeah, we can complain about some of his defensive games sometimes and sometimes his hitting goes hot and cold. I think that it does his work ethic doesn't change. If not, it increases during those slumps. And I think that's why it's perceived a lot of around the team from what we're presented that it's Bo. I mean, who's see- to say it's not Mourinho in the future? Yeah, of course, it could be anyone going forward. Um, what was hilarious a couple days ago, or maybe it was yesterday, where Kevin Gossman said on Twitter, it's like, yo, I had no idea how close Detroit was to Canada. I was so surprised to see that many Canadians in the stands. <laughs> I, I also, yeah, I like when guys like prop their te- their players up, not just like in interviews and shit, but like on social media. And one thing that kind of caught me was after Barrios is uh, not the last outing, but the one before and Gosman just retweeted Sportsnet's thing. And it was just a dirty curve pitch by Barrios. And all he said oh, was, man. yeah, good luck. Yeah. I, 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 I don't like know if it was like the that. same thing, but I, I saw that thing on Twitter where they were showing Barrios pitches where Did it was the pitch? cutter. It was a cutter coming in and there was like a two seamer cutting away. And they look exactly the same until they break and they yeah. just drop off on two different directions. That's what it's it like, was. How do you how how do you hit that? Like if he's on, he is unhittable. Exactly. And that's that's what it was. And yeah, Gossman was just like, good luck laughing. And I I like seeing that kind of stuff for um like when guys do that, because that's unsolicited. Like it doesn't need to be done, but they do it because they want to. Right? And so that's to me a good sign of a team is when you have stuff like that. So I'm not worried about the team dynamic. I just, we've also had the pitching was good. The hitting was off and then the hitting picked up, but the pitching was a little off. And so I'm just waiting for it to all come together at the same time. And it's good. They're going through the shit early. And now, because you think as the season goes on, they'll gel at the right time. That's the hope. And right now they're, and I've, I think we've said this a number of times on this show, but if the season were to end right now, they're a playoff team. And that's kind of all we're hoping for right now is a playoff team and to see some meaningful games. And the Blue Jays are actually not the only team playing meaningful games in Toronto because apparently the World Cup uh, host cities have been 
kind of announced, but not really. Like it looks like they have finally come down to the last two, and it's going to be Vancouver and Toronto as the host cities, the Canadian host cities. Yeah, the, I was going to say context the Canadian. Ones. Yeah, the Canadian host cities when the when North America has the World Cup bid, which is not this coming World Cup. It's the next World Cup, twenty twenty six. I guess it would be. Hilariously enough, I was driving around the other day and I saw some guy out like on the side of the road selling flags and shit. Yeah, those guys always come out for the World Cup. It's great. Right, but the World Cup's not for another few months. Like, did anyone tell these guys no, like it's being played in Qatar and you can't do anything in Qatar without like burning alive outside in the summer, so you have to play the games in the winter? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They said even in the winter, there's concerns about players overheating. Well, Jesus. Yeah. I think, I think, do you think that has anything to do with Canada getting back on the pitch? Do you think they got word that, you know, listen, they're naming the host cities, two of the biggest cities in Canada are, are being named, like get back on the field and, and stop making this look bad while, while we're trying to get these cities announced. I think like, well, I would be remiss yeah. to say that that wouldn't be a part of the conversation. Like guys, like we're going to talk, but like, listen, this get is, your asses out on the field. Yeah, this is going to be big for us. You, we need and to you. kind of, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and you, because a lot of these players have the potential to be there in four years, if you know if the team stays relatively the same. Well, they, you they, know, like Alfonso Davies, booked. number one, is on that team, barring yeah. injury. Jonathan or David will be on yeah. that team. Like their their ticket is booked because they're the whole, they're part of the host nations. So and you know Canada's games are going to be in Canada, and the U.S. teams, the U.S. games are well, going to be in. U- not necessarily. I I don't. I I think if Canada does well at this World Cup, I don't see them not giving them games in Canada. Yeah, I think they some might. of them. They, some I'm not high. sure how that works. I don't know if it's going to end up, especially in a situation where it's three hosts. Dude, countries. it's not Vince McMahon. He's not jobbing them out in their hometown. That's not. <laughs> that's not how it works. Um, they're they're dead. They have to. The 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 amount of complaints that will come and through. The amount of money being fed into BMO to expand it for World Cup capacity. There's no way in hell. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, but I, I have a funny feeling that's part of why Canada's on the pitch. I'm still, dude. I I've been since watching Ted Lasso. I've wanted to get into footy. I want, like I said, I'm Liverpool guy. It's oh, just the games are always footy. The games, the games are always on at the wrong time. That's like two thirty on a fucking Wednesday. Like nobody has a job. <laughs> Any, well, I guess you know. Well, it'd, be like, it'd be like seven o'clock in the evening in the in UK, right? So, so like, that's why it's at two o'clock. Yeah, not everything but, can revolve around Eastern Standard Time, James. It should though. It's where that's where the money is. Um, so standard time. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean. This since I've recently changed my TV service provider so that I can watch things like DAZONE, um, I will uh, I will be partaking in probably a lot more soccer coming up because I want to get uh, into no, it. And I'm why DAZONE no longer has uh, English Premier League this year. What? How the fuck yeah. am I going to watch this? You have to sign up for FUBU TV or some bullshit like that. Fuck's sakes. I think it's Fubo, but Fubu sounds funnier. I bet you it's on my TV provider. Uh, perhaps. I did, however, look up the weather in Qatar for this week. Is it like uh, 45 without humidity? It's, uh, I mean, Tuesday, so today, as this podcast releases. Uh, it's a high of 36 degrees Celsius. Go fuck yourself. And, <laughs> and then when, Wednesday is a low of 31 with a high of 40. 
What's uh, the barometric Thursday pressure? Is 40, Thursday is 44 <laughs> with a low of 34. No, that's bullshit. And like for context, what? no, that's bullshit. You know why? For context, and like Jim's aware, you like you may not be, but I have my air conditioner on in the winter when I sleep. My place is 13 degrees when I sleep. You think I'm putting up with anything north of 25 for a sporting event? Dude, it says on Google, humidity sometimes can get it up to the 50s. high for- high 40s and low 50s. Yes. 50s. Yeah. What? It's stupid. It's that's inhumane to have guys playing that. Obviously they're trying it in the winter and I think it's maybe like a 10-12 degree shift. But yeah, that's going to be rough, man. Um, but yeah, hyped for, I'm definitely hyped for the World Cup to come here. I mean, I, I, it's what four years away from now, 2026. I'd be down to check out a game. I mean, it'd be a pricey ass ticket, and yes, it would, but like, it's one of those things. Like, I went to the Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang, and honestly, a spectacle like that which I would equate the World Cup to being similar to, is is a next-level thing. Um, so much so that legitimately we thought of going to Beijing for the Winter Olympics um, just because of how awesome it was. Like, just the vibe is just... It's so cool. Now, that's the Olympics. It's all about, like, the beauty of sport, and everyone was super nice. Soccer fans are fucking insane. That's that, also true. It's not going to be like the Olympic Village where people are all laughing from different countries, joking around, hanging out together, and you're doing all this shit. And like, no one really cares like, of where you're from. They're just so happy to be in celebrating sport. World Cup, if you're a Spanish dude, and there's an Italian dude and a Portuguese dude, there's going to be a Mexican standoff and three guns being held at each other because they'll fucking hate each other and want to kill each other over soccer. It's, it's nuts. Now, Italy would have to make it, and their past yeah, history shows that they, they may not. Um, and my, that. my buddy Steven right now is crying. I know this. But um, he, uh, it, yeah, like I would like to go. I would even just like to be in the vibe of the city at the time. But, I mean, how big of a it. shit on Edmonton is this to not get it after they were considered the front runner? They were not the front runners at any point. Like, let's be honest here. They're barely like, a front runner for the Oilers. <laughs> right like i don't care how good the facility is in four years you can make bmo field ready for it you yeah, can do they, it in one just get a bunch of koreans on the job it'll be done in two weeks they want major marquee cities the only choices were toronto vancouver montreal and even montreal like i don't know if olympic stadium wouldn't would even have been at, like appropriate for this Again, you could build something, I guess, but I don't think that's what they want to do. Vancouver has a facility, and it's a beautiful city. And Toronto has a facility that you need to renovate, but it'll be fine. I think the bigger issue for Toronto is traffic, getting the infrastructure, the infrastructure around BMO Field. That's oh, going to hurt. Transit, transit will be terrible. Um, Yo, the LRT is not even going to be done by then. What are they going to do? <laughs> of course not. I mean, even if they said the LR, even if they said that the Ontario line was going to be done by 2026, we know, we know how the Eglinton LRT is gone and how it's 45 years past development that there's no chance that that's going to be done. So it's 
a war zone down there right now with the construction of that new subway line plus the man i when i went to a game recently the way they were funneling people into the go station was insane it's um, embarrassing plus all the all the midges that are out in the summer you get those bugs all in your face good times at the the water honestly man like i just don't get how uh a country or a city like toronto can be so inept with civil engineers and city planners and apparently really smart educated people i guarantee you, you get some 10 year old who plays sim city he could have that shit planned out and done much better much quicker more efficiently yep i could tell you but most people don't want to hear it <laughs> no like right, well, it's, it's it's garbage that like that's the shit we have to worry about and go through right but whatever one thing you do have to worry about if you're driving around in Florida is uh, a drunken Jeff Hardy who's going to be operating a vehicle near you at some point. No, um, probably so, not for <laughs> another two decades. So uh, Mark Raimondi of ESPN says, Jeff Hardy's blood alcohol test was, I don't know if you guys heard this one, his actual test of his blood alcohol was 294. What? And he did and he did a second oh, sorry point two nine four. Uh, and he did a second one, it was point two nine one. Thirty three point seven times the legal limit. Close to death. So when we heard this story come out today that uh Jeff Hardy was arrested and he, he was arrested for a number of things. One was driving with a suspended license. Uh, DUI for alcohol. It says alcohol slash drugs. I, I feel like that's written incorrectly, but in any event. And also for uh, this being like his third offense within 10 years. So he has like three charges on him. So just so you know, and I, again, I'm not, I mean, the guy's probably done some shit in terms of the substance intake and, and use category, but blood alcohol content level by the McDowell or McWell University. Um, I think it's in New Zealand. Um, breaks it down like this. 0.2 to 0.249 needs assistant walking. Total mental confusion. Dysphoria with nausea and vomiting. Possible blackout at 2 to 2.4. 25 to 0.39. Alcohol poisoning and loss of consciousness. 0.4. Onset of a coma. Possible death due to respiratory arrest. So when you talk about 0.29... He's in that second to last level of alcohol poisoning and potential loss of consciousness and while driving a motor vehicle. That's upsetting. That's and I mean, every time really someone has expressed concern about Jeff Hardy, who's looks like even at, at the last show, like the major show, Hardy's versus, he was in a lot of pain because um, he keeps trying to deliver on something that I think he believes is expected from people. Um, so I don't, I don't like every time people express concern, you get, you get chirps back on social media from his wife that he's fine and mind your business. Like, I'm sorry, this is not fine. No, you're in when loss you start of putting other people's lives at risk because of your own idiocy. No, you yeah. can't just be like, mind your business. Yeah, it is the public's business now. Yeah, so what James is referring to is Jeff Hardy was let go by WWE like 
I don't know, what was it, like three or four months ago. And they had wanted him to go to rehab, but he refused. And his wife on Twitter was defending him, as, I mean, as your wife would, that he doesn't need to go to rehab. He's fine. Like, there's no reason for him to go to rehab again. And then he got picked up by AEW and he was wrestling a regular schedule. I think anyone who knows professional wrestling would watch Jeff Hardy's matches and know at the very least he's missed a step or two. And I don't know if that's drug or alcohol related or like a lot of people were reporting, like you mentioned, like pain. he was just, it was pain management where he's like, he's just banged up and he doesn't want to stop and he doesn't want to uh, not deliver what he feels that he has to deliver. But it's been obvious for a while that he is not the same guy. And it's it's sad. You know, it's sad in a lot of ways. And obviously removed from the drug or the DUI situation, that's a completely different situation. But it's sad when you see a guy like that where he's probably past his prime. His body is broken down. And there's so many kids who have emulated Jeff Hardy's style. And there's so many so many guys on the independents who are like they're high flyers or they are they're this and they're that. Like at some point, you have to figure out a way to not be that high flyer anymore. At some point, you got to figure out to do something completely different because your body's going to catch up to you at some point. And dude, and, fucking paint or something. Like it's it's sad because how old he is compared to say Ric Flair. And there are people legitimately concerned that Ric Flair is going to die in the ring. And that's his plan, is that he wants to go out, <laughs> like, in the ring, you know? Um, which is a scary thought. Um, but, like... He's 44 years old. Jeff is not... This way, Jeff won't go out in the ring. He'll go out in a car accident. And he's going to take somebody with him. And that's, that's some fucked up shit. And I, I, think, I think it would be the responsibility of, of AEW now to reach out and try and do the same that WWE had asked. If I, to be honest, if I was Tony Khan, and again, this is me, I would reach out to Vince and I would say, things aside, let's present a unified front to Jeff Hardy saying, we're both asking you to go. Because, you know, at some point, again, like we talked about earlier in this pod, some things are bigger than business. And this dude's life and potentially the life of other people are now a risk. And maybe, you know, a unified front between two competing companies saying, you know, you're not going to work for either of us or anything. But we'll pay for it. We're splitting the bill together, but you need to go. Maybe that'll do it. What's interesting is there's somewhat of precedent in recent memory. Like if you recall in spring training when Pete Walker had that uh, traffic incident, I don't remember the exact details yeah. of it. So I'll call it a traffic incident where he was in, he was arrested at some point. Yeah. He blew like in 0.09 and he did like, he was doing, he was speeding. So it, I mean, not the severity of this situation, obviously, but Still a, a, a situation in professional sports where someone was pulled over and arrested for a DUI and nothing really happened of it. He was with the team the next day and the team has moved on and he is still with the organization and no one really talks about it. So I'm interested to see what happens, if anything. 
to Jeff Hardy. I, I think ultimately he, um, I don't know how long he, I think he's out on bail or on bond. So I don't think he's going to be away for sorry, that particular My mistake reason, on Pete Walker, sorry, my mistake on Pete Walker, he refused a, a test. He didn't blow anything. Which is, I mean, as much as I don't want to say this, it's probably the smart thing to do if you're guilty. Not yeah, that I'm saying he's not that I'm not that I'm saying he's guilty of anything, but it's definitely the right call if you feel you're going to fail the test. Yeah, yeah, you're essentially admitting to some form of guilt, but like the severities can be up in question, right? Because if you say no, you're saying okay, you're guilty, but then if you say yes and you blow way over, the severity could be worse than just taking the base minimum. Yeah, they're going right. to arrest it's, you, I guess and they're going to be charge perceived you. Perceived guilty, then proven to be guilty. Yeah, then they're going to charge you. They're going to arrest you on DUI charge. You'll be found not guilty because you don't have a test. And then you would just probably, probably be guilty of what um, mischief or like misdemeanor, misdemeanor, like uh, uncooperative misdemeanor, with misdemeanor, and probably like uh, careless driving. Yeah, or like uncooperative with an officer or something. Yeah, like at at worst, but they'll probably drop most of that anyway because like. The one thing you don't want is like you careless driving. You're just like, whatever. The one thing you never want to get is a reckless driving charge. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't like he's got some serious like fucking choices to make. And that, like you say, like as much as you wish it's beyond people perceive this as beyond a business and things like that. We also have to remember like this is not just worrying about the people out there on the road and stuff. This is also genuinely worried about Jeff Hardy and that he's okay because as much as wife can be like, he's fine. Leave him alone. This is not your business. Like you don't, this doesn't happen this often, this many times if you don't have some shit or demons you're dealing with. Right. And he's a dad of two daughters too. So yeah, there's, you there's, know, and this, yeah, he can, he, he can get this on track and he just needs to be wanting to get it on track if that makes sense no for sure uh, you have to want to make a change and it's ultimately up to him and his family but you don't want to see anyone go down this road and we've seen jeff down this road a number of times so hopefully he gets better and this is the last time we hear of something like this uh no one wants to see anything like this ever again uh, we've seen it way too many times with Jeff. We've seen it too many times with many other people. Um, it's it's just a sad and unfortunate situation that is preventable for someone who is, I mean, fucking Jeff Hardy, where he can call an Uber. He can call a friend. He can not get into a car while he's drunk. He can not be put in that position. There, there's so many ways that this can be avoided. And a lot of times you can say, well, well I ran out of money. I don't have enough money for an uber still no, not an excuse but like you can at least uh call tony Khan. understands the right send word me either, a limo like, right like you don't have that hurdle like money isn't an issue here and i'm not saying the guy's filthy rich or anything but i'm sure he's doing okay he knows people right. that are like That's... all he has to do is go to someone and be like i need help dude and hit a random a fucking number people in his in his cell phone hit a random number I guarantee you, whoever he picks is rich. Yeah, you but know? I think to, I think the thing too is is you know, and he he may he may think, and again we can, we can't put ourselves in the mindset. He may think there's no one around to help him. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, right? but I mean, um, a, a guy like him though, he was a 
a I mean, he was a television star during wrestling's biggest period. Dude, like we, he was some of the most iconic. I guarantee you, all three of us can run a top five list of going to the theater to watch pay-per-views when they used to do that. And I guarantee you at minimum two or three of those top five lists are Jeff Hardy moments. Yeah. Like anyone in that bar at, at that time he was there. Assuming he came from a bar. Uh, maybe that's me assuming the situation. He may have came from his home or something, but if he was at a bar and he got drunk, I mean, everyone in the bar knows who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Like every single you're, one of them. You're not been hiding. Like, you could have asked anyone in the bar, like, yo, hey, I'm Jeff Hardy. Do you mind driving me somewhere? I'm like, yeah, man, that'd be cool. I'll drive yep. Jeff Hardy around for the, for the night. Right, and that's all it takes. But like I said, is we can't understand the mental facilities of someone in those moments. So we don't know how he's looking at the world as much as, like, he could be having conversations with his wife where he's like, there's no one, I'm on my own, I'm by myself and shit like that. And as much as we can look at it from the point of view of saying, just get help. It's easy. Just ask these people. We also really don't know his entire life behind the scenes that there could be a lot of things that are roadblocks and inhibitors to him thinking that way. Right. So, I mean, you would think, cause like, I mean, I can speak to this just in terms of the kind of same situation in terms of having a brother. I know if Jimmy were to call me and be like, I need help with something. Like it wouldn't even be a question. I'd be gone. And I know the same thing for me that it wouldn't even be a three second delay. You know, I would speed my ass over to wherever he is and I'd be there in a flash. Right. And, but maybe he doesn't see that with any, whether it's Matt or anybody else around him. Yeah. It's an interesting way of looking at it. Uh, Jeff Hardy in general is an interesting case study on addiction where, if you look at his career, like that guy was going to be the top guy. Like yeah, he was. He was it, it's yeah. It's it's interesting to look back at and like, what if you know, like the opportunities that he had and what he was presented. Like he could have been one of the top guys ever, and he just you know stuff continually got in his way, and and here we are now, still talking about the same situation. It seems every so often. So I, I, we wish Jeff the best, and we hope no one gets hurt in any of this, and. Going forward, he lives a happy life with him, his with his family, because that's what's most important. Yeah, uh, and for us, what's most important is that you enjoyed our show today. So, <laughs> thank you for joining us true. for <laughs> for uh, another edition of Forty Three Point Six, the sports podcast you always wanted. We will be back next week talking about a whole lot of stuff, mainly sports, but a whole lot of stuff that uh, we hope you find enjoyable. So, I'm Dustin. He's James. He's Maddie. And we'll see you next week. Adios. Adios.